Blog Talk Radio.
imagine how that sounds to the Father when we say to Him, All I want is you. We live in a nation that seems to want to turn its back on God, but there's a people who are crying out and saying, All I want I'm not after the blessings, I'm not after the things, I'm after the presence of God. All I want Because when you get God, you get everything else that you need. All I want is you, Lord. You can seek after things but miss God. But if you seek after God, the things will come. All I want. Donald Jr., are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. 
Okay, how are you doing today, sir? Or tonight, I should say. All right, cousin. Well, listen, y'all, Don Jr. is going to be one of the co-hosts tonight. And uh, I just, I'm going to let y'all know ahead of time, he did let me know that he won't be able to stay the whole night, but we wanted him on. Uh, he's been doing a good job for us, and so we wanted to invite him again tonight. But he's going to be praying over the family for the next 12 months, asking God's blessing upon the family. So, family, I know you're driving, some of you are working, some of you are doing various things, but we're very serious about this prayer, okay? We're not playing with this prayer. So, and, and also, uh, oh, I think I see a, um, let me just go up and open up another line here. Uh, Eric Code 559304, we also have uh, Miss Iofa from uh, California on the line. Uh, are you there, Iofa? I'm here. How are I'm you here. doing tonight, ma'am? How are you doing tonight, I'm ma'am? I'm blessed. I'm blessed well, and it's just good to be here. Well, I want to thank you and Don for accepting this prayer invitation. We take this very serious. We want God's best for this, this year. And uh, it starts off with prayer. Of course, we know we have to be obedient. But for those times where we find it difficult, family, just know we can always ask for mercy. When we miss it Okay So uh, we'll go ahead and do this Since Don is the co-host Iofa If you don't mind um, All the way up in California Why don't you go ahead and go first With the prayer for the family Don you can just follow after her Since she co-host She's going to be on with us uh, At least for a little while I know you say you had to go um, And I'm um, So Iofa if you, if you mind Can you just pray for the family I need to be talking about spiritually Physically, financially, just our overall wealth as a family for the year 2016, if you don't mind. And, and before you do this, because we got a bunch of new listeners, I, I'm sorry I have to interrupt there, but we, the phone lines is really full, just like I expected for the first show of 2016. Thank you all for coming early. But a lot of people don't know who IOFA is, so can you introduce yourself and how you related to Ed and Isabel uh, Kennedy Douglas, please? Uh. My grandfather and grandmother, Ed and Isabel Douglas. My father is Ennis Betty Douglas. And I and and his wife is Inez Cliff Douglas. And I am his uh, his daughter, his, his second daughter of the family. All right, all right, all right. Thank you for that. Just so everybody knows, this is... Uh, uh, I also from the Ennis Bunny side of the family. Folks, I'm telling y'all right now, I know I say this every single week I say this, but it seems like some weeks. But folks, do not hang up if you're on that phone line because I have never seen this many phone calls. But I knew that would happen with the first show. So if you're on the phone line, and uh, don't hang up any reason. I don't want any complaints. Also, if you can listen on your computer, we ask that you do because we got like 50 lines. And um, which isn't enough normally, but tonight I don't know. So we'll see how that goes. But again, family, you can listen on your computers. Just go ahead and click on the link and listen that way. All right. So, uh, Miss Iofa, uh, Don and I is waiting. Go right ahead and just offer up a prayer for our family, please. This evening, Heavenly Father, as we come before you with bowed heads and uplifted hearts, we just want to thank you. We just thank you. All the days of our life. We thank you for bringing us through 2015. Heavenly Father, not everybody came through, 
But we just thank you that you brought us through. And Heavenly Father, we we just thank you for all the blessings that you bestowed upon us in 2015 and that you will continue to restore upon us in the coming years. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all the days of our life. Continue to bless us and keep us in all that we do. Heavenly Father, we just feel so blessed that we have this group of people, the Douglas and Kennedy family and friends, that we can just fellowship and that we look forward to eagerly on Tuesday night when we can be when we can fellowship with each other. And help us to remember, Heavenly Father, that with you all things are possible. And that yes. we, we don't want to get caught up in what happened last year, if it whether it was good or bad. But just help us to realize that this is a new day. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for that. And help us to realize that this is the first day of the rest of our life. 2015 yes, yes. was a great day. We had some ups and we had some downs. And we just want to go forward looking at what will happen and what can happen and what will happen in 2015. This camera is yes. And Heavenly Father, yes, help Father. us to realize that today is the first day for the rest of our lives. And we just want to continue to do all that we can to be a blessing for to you and to our family. And the Father, it, it is just a blessing that someone took the time and the energy to get us together once again, where we can get to know old family and friends, and then we can learn new ones. Not everybody gets that chance, and we just thank you. Help us to be able, Heavenly Father, to take just one day at a time. We're only yes. human. And just yes. help us to realize that, that if we fall, just don't stay down. Just get up and go ahead and yeah. do what you would have us to do. God bless us. Continue to help us and as the song said, let us just be able to give ourselves away. What we can be a blessing to others. And Heavenly Father, just pray for all of our families and friends. Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you all the days of our life. Heavenly Father, we and we just want to pray for this country. Pray for the president. Pray for the United States. Pray for Congress. Pray for the Senate. Pray for uh, political leaders. And just pray for all of us. And help us to just do what we can to do and and help them to be able to do what they need to do to be more concerned about the people and less concerned yeah. about the uh, uh, part. And help us to just do our will, do what the Lord would have us to do to make this a better country. And, because, and we can do this. And just, Heavenly Father, help us to remember 
that when you made us, you had a plan for our life. And just let us find that plan and continue to go in the way that you would have us to to be. And Father, we love you. We just love you so dearly. And just make 2016 a year that we can say we were truly blessed. And Father, just help us to do your will. And Heavenly Father, and we just give you all the glory. We just want you to continue to be with us. And we just thank you for all of our family. We just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all the days of our life. Amen. 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 And everybody, every family member that agree with that prayer, say amen. Right there where you're at. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you, Al, for that prayer. Thank you, Father, for I know you're going to be faithful to your promises, as the scriptures say. Family, we have precious promises. We're not just in this world hopeless, without any hope, just at the hands of those in charge, those in power. There's a greater power. There's a higher power. Do you believe? That's the key. Mr. Donald Jr., can you offer up a prayer for the family for 2016? Physically, financially, spiritually, socially. We want it all. Can you do that, sir, please? Yes, I will. Father God, we come to you with proud hands and open hearts. And we're praying right now that you would touch every little heart tonight. Those that are just curious and those that are calling to participate. We pray that you open our eyes so that we can understand that we are definitely in a warfare for the kingdom. And that you give us all all the weapons that we need for our warfare. Help us to be intellectually bright, spiritually astute. Help us to be on the battlefield. Many of us struggle in different areas. Help us to know that everything we need, you got it. Everything we need, you got it. And you promise that we cannot feel as long as we're walking in the God. I'm praying that each family will receive abundant spiritual financial blessings that their homes will be closed out of those that are struggling in the system while they be overcome by the very realm and the world of testimony and that they just show me about faith. And then, God, you expect my home with me in the kingdom tonight in Jesus' name. And it's very special for us, brother, that we continue to fight the style that we can call joint together by looking at the communication. And I pray that we will continue to do so in the best way that we know how, following your directions in Jesus' name. Yes, yes, yes. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Don, thank you for that prayer. And family, this is just a little something we're doing, just reaching out to you tonight, uh, offering up blessings for the family for the year 2016. Uh, That was Don Jr. He is grandson of Azalee um, Booker. Uh, I should say Douglas Booker. And that's uh, uh, Robbie's uh, Robbie's, uh, father's son. So anyway, how's everybody doing tonight? Let me go ahead and open up the phone lines. Miss Iofa, I'm going to go ahead and put your line on hold. Thank you so much for agreeing to pray and offering up a very powerful prayer for the family. Thank you. 
All right. That was Miss Iopa, and that's Darlene's aunt. Did y'all know that? Y'all should. Miss Darlene, area code 512-922. Are you there? I'm here. I'm okay, here. Hello, say hello to the family. Hello, family. I hope everybody is doing well in the year 2016. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yep. Thank you, your aunt's prayer and Don's prayer. It was right on point. It was right on point, each one of them. Yeah, they both knocked it out. Yeah, some people, you know, folks, I'm going to tell you something. This point, of course, the Bible is if you're a student of the Bible and if you really believe in the Bible. So I know some people, few people I've met don't, but most of the planet believes in the scriptures. And the Bible says that this planet was formed by words and faith. It was spoken. So could be, one could argue that words and faith is the most powerful force on our planet since we was all created by it. So... What are we talking about? We're talking about prayer. We're talking about declarations. When the Father said, let there be, we can say in our lives, let there be, let there be, I will be, I won't be, you know. So don't trivialize prayer, family. It's very important. It humbles your spirit because you're calling on a higher power. So, you know, the scripture says in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then when he hear from heaven and hear their land. So humbling yourself is a part of prayer. You're calling on somebody else outside of your talents, your mind, and it's a blessing to be that humble, to call on a God you've never seen, and then to turn around and have faith that he is going to do what he has promised. So anyway, family, Again, welcome to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is the host, Seth. I'm Seth. I'm Azalee. Son, for those new family members, I know we have some new family members tuning in. Thank you very much. Welcome to the show. Y'all missed the blessing, I must say, but thank you anyway for tuning in. And that's also friends. We have friends that are listening. Remember, family, we don't just have family, but we have friends of the family that's listening have been listening from day one, so we want to thank you for spending time investing in our family and being a part of our family. We seriously want to thank you, and feel free to comment by pressing one on the phone lines. Any of you friends out there of the family, you can just comment just as well. When I go to ask you how you related to Ed and Isabel, just simply say I'm a friend of the family and let us know what friend, what part of the family you are, and we'll know. And just go ahead and make your comment or your suggestion or your concern or whatever, okay? So anyway, Mr. Don, you still there? Yes, sir, I'm here. I want to start off by asking. I want to start off by asking the two of you, uh, the two hosts on tonight's co-hosts, Mr. Donald Jr. and uh, Darlene Douglas. Darlene is in Austin. Don is in Fort Worth, like myself. Uh, I want to ask y'all a question. how did y'all enjoy? How did? What do you think of the shows of 2015? I know it's kind of obvious question, but I still want to just a quick, quick rundown of 2015. The shows, uh, any concerns or what do you think of the shows of 2015? Really quickly, uh, Don, why don't you go first? Well, I think the last show was great, very detailed. I think each show has. A little difference from the show that preceded it. 
because we have different comments and different ideas. The whole purpose of this talk blog is for us to be more spiritual and friendly. We have a spiritual, friendly family. And you say, well, how How do, what do I think about the shows, okay? I think the shows are wonderful. Because how many people have an opportunity to express their feelings and, and, and relate to people across the, the nation, across the country, that you don't get to see on a daily basis by just tuning into the Internet? Many of us can do that as often as we like, as far as the fellowship is concerned. But we find out that in the extended family, whether the relatives or not, that there's so much knowledge in the wealth of information that we can share amongst each other that it helps each one of us on a personal level. And I think that's what our main goals are. We need to continue to try to reach out and help each other on a personal level by imparting positive words, positive knowledge. And we got to to be for real. We got to shoot straight, be conscious of the two students at the same time. We are blessing each other if we just listen and be real in what we feel. And put our hands around you and help you to continue to do this best we can. I think the shows are great. Of course, sometimes we may have a little data because people are a little slow about commenting, but everybody don't like to get on the air. But your feelings are your feelings, and I think they need to be shared. That's what family is for, sharing thoughts, passions, and understanding amongst each other. I think that's all I can say for the moment. Is there a little? What was that? What's that? Did, did we lose him? I'm sorry, can you hear me? My bad. Can you hear me? Now we can. Oh, sorry about that. Folks, listen, I want to... Um, just kind of um, ask y'all's patient. Um, I'm having a little trouble with my mic here. Uh, hopefully, I just I just I just got a hold of the mic just now. Maybe this will solve the problem. Miss Darling, go ahead and let everybody know uh, your uh, just briefly your comments about 2015. 2015 shows they were they were great. It brought. It's just like Donald Jr. was saying. It's like we're all sitting in the living room and we're talking to each other, getting to know each other. And, you know, I'm hoping that someone, maybe not all, will get something out of each show that we're done. You know, we kind of look at it and we try to tweak it here and tweak it there. And I'm hoping to have someone along the line. And, you know, maybe if I need help in certain areas, I know where to go. But yeah. um, I think the shows are great. And I'll finish up by saying, folks, 2015 we did a lot. And uh, I I kept hearing from the family, the show, like Don would say, the show is the bomb bar. Other people have said, you guys are doing, you know, you're bringing us together. And all of the compliments of 2015 is very obvious. We did very good uh, uh, as far as reaching out to the family, bringing families together. And we want to continue to do that, folks, for 2016. We want to continue to bring us together to, to become less strangers. And, uh, and like like I say, folks, uh, for those of you new to the show, we have uh, 
few very few goals. Become less strangers. Okay, know each other a little bit better. We need to know names. We need to be on the first name base. That's our goal, to be on the first name base with the family. Know who's related to who. When I say my name, Sam, who's my grandfather? Who's my grandmother? Everybody listening should know. When Darlene says her name, Darlene does it. Who is her grandmother and grandfather? You know, you should know our grandmothers, grandmothers and grandfathers. I'm Caleb and Azalee. Don is Caleb and Azalee, uh, 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 Douglas Booker. Uh, and, uh, of course, Miss Darlene uh, is the one and only Ennis and I'm his uh, uh, Douglas. So, folks, you got to know your family members. We want to become less strangers. You just heard from my Ofa. She's, still, she's from the Ennis buddy side as well. And uh, we just, if we can just know first names and at least how we relate to the Ennis event, I think it would be a very successful show. We enjoyed a lot of success in 2015 because some of us are able to say just that. But some of you are listening today for the first time. That means we miss you some kind of way. So we're going to ask the family really briefly before we get into the show. We've got a serious show coming at you. But uh, we want to uh, ask the family to spread the word. Some of y'all are really enjoying the show, but you're not doing much outside of listening. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to be a little bit more aggressive in this area. We're asking you to really spread the word. Tell others about the show. It's not designed to hear it every week. Those that do listen every week, we're very thankful that you uh, sacrifice and do that. But we're really designed to just... Touch spaces with the family every once in a while, okay? The family needs to spread the word. We very, very much need to spread the word. And after a while, we'll go to 100 lines. And after a while, we'll go to 200 lines. But right now, we are 50 lines at the max. And I feel as confident where we are, but we have goals to. I'm going to see 300. I've done shows before. And it's not impossible for this family to have 300 lines. Because I know for a fact there's over 2,000 people there. I'm thinking more like 3,000 people in the family. We talk about any, everybody over 25. It's about, I would say about almost 3,000 people. That's my numbers. I could be inflated a little bit. But but so what so what says if we come together? Then what do we do? The next goal of the family is to inspire each other. We don't want to just come together and bring up a whole bunch of dirt, a bunch of negativity. Uh, we have uh, two rules on the show, and that is that we be patient with each other. Be patient with each other, family. Family, be patient with each other. We may not get your things right. We may not say things right. I don't made all kind of bloopers on the show, okay? But you got to be patient with us. And the other road is to be positive, whatever you do. You don't want to see no different about no family members. If you want to know about the good they did to make in the future, we will uh, uh, examine some of the challenges in the family. But right now, all positive, 100%. Okay, from the first minute to the last minute. So that's another rule. But as far as the goals, we want to get to know each other. We want to inspire each other. The last one, the last one is to network with each other because we need help, like Darling was saying. You know, you may have an idea that can help her. You may, some, all of us are not going to get, get along. All of us are not going to get along. I'm very realistic with that. But those of us that do have common grounds, those need to network on various levels. Uh, some people are going to network on spiritual levels. They may want to pray together. They want to call each other, encourage each other, and exchange, like the Bible says. Some people want to uh, exchange uh, parenting ideas or, you know, uh, just. We're talking about human beings, man. We're talking about human beings. 
the sky is the limit as to what we can do when we begin to start networking on all kind of levels financially. A lot of businessmen out there, a lot of future businessmen, you don't even know you're a businessman yet, but when you, when you connect with the family and uh, we can build a little degree of trust, there are some businesses that's gonna, business that's going to take that's gonna take place. I know that. It's probably already happened. So these are the three goals. Get to know each other, encourage each other, and to network on various levels. Again, folks, some of you just tuning in. Uh, thank you for coming. You look like it's okay. I welcome the family early and late. Uh, you listen to the Booker. Excuse me, there I go. The Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. I'm, I'm your cousin, Seth, and we have Darlene Alliance as well as Donald Jr. So let's switch uh, gears a little bit. I want to uh, ask Darlene, uh, I'll let you give the family any uh, type of uh, announcements or anything like that. Let's just go ahead and get that out of the way, if you don't mind. I know we have some birthdays, uh, and uh, do you have those ready, the birthdays? I do. Okay. Let's go into the birthdays and uh and uh we'll do that at this time. Go ahead, darling. Okay, January birthdays we have Tammy Lynn Nelson, January the second, Maya Rose Hall, the fourth, Van Drill Benton, the sixth. Alvin Ailey, the fifth, Christine, Christy Nelson, the eighth, Ellis Douglas Sr., the eleventh, Deborah Jean Jefferson, fourteenth, Larissa Nelson, the You 15th. do have a lot. <laughs> you do have a lot. Ennis, wow. Ennis Buddy. Douglas, the 15th, Eddie Dale Clark, the 18th, Barbara Bellona Ransom, the 18th, Michelle Baker, the 24th, Annie Mae Ivara Douglas, the 24th, Jimmy is Lee that, that Douglas. Is, uh, uh, darling, is that Annie Ivara? Yes, the 24th. Uh, okay. Yeah, Jimmy Lee Douglas, the 24th, Anthony Douglas, the 25th, D. Mario Brown, the 30th, Angie Delona Franks, the 30th, Norman Earl Bubba Jack Douglas, the 30th, Bubba Jack, Lonnie, uh-huh. Lonnie Band, the 31st, Etna Matthews, the 31st, and we have Jayla Williams, the 29th, Arlene Turner, the 20th, <laughs> Tanya Smith, the 16th, Oscar Mahaya. Fourteenth, yeah. Gia Alexis, the twenty-third, Brianna Smith, the twenty-first, Kayla, Kyla Taylor, I'm sorry, Kyla Turner, the twenty-sixth, Sydney 
Darling, is that C A L E B? Is that Kayla? Uh-huh. Oh, that's Kayla. Okay, go ahead. That's Kayla. Okay. Kayla. Kayla Turner, the 26th. Sydney Brown, the 27th. And we have an anniversary. And Uh-oh. not quite sure, but it's January the 20th. And it is for Ennis Buddy and Inez Cliff Douglas. Wow. Well, yeah, and um, yeah, we have uh, maybe four. I'm gonna call these from uh, December. Dominique West, West, December the 28th. William Bell, 21st of December. Anthony Nelson, the 24th of December. Jimmy Carroll, 31st of December. And Deborah. Douglas, December 27th. That's good. You're going over December because we had that break. Thank you. That was a great idea. Mm-hmm. So that's it on the birthday. All right. All right. Well, happy birthday to every single one of you. And again, those in December, we, of course, took that break. So uh, that's why we did that. And uh, those of you who have birthdays in January, happy birthday. Happy birthday. That's a lot of January. Wow. I think that's the most yeah. I've heard to do. Is that a trip? It is. It is. It's really, and Don, I'm when sure is your birthday? Down Don, when is your birthday? My birthday is February the 10th. The same as your mother's. Oh. Right, right, right. <laughs> now that you said that, I remember, man, I, I, I just wanted to ask you. Let's get you there. But anyway, um, well, don't you have it? Let's say it again. What did you say, sir? No, I thought you were saying something. Well, anyway, family, there you have it. Birthday for January, and um, we want to do that every single month. Every single month. Folks, tonight, tonight we have a serious show coming at you. We're going to be talking about racism. We're going to be talking about a giant that stands strong, stands high in the United States of America. This giant is in every single aspect of life. Are there people there? Is there conversation? Is there life? Then there is racism there. Simple and plain. If you don't see it, daggone it, that's probably because you're already the victim. It's just how aggressive this thing is called racism. Wherever there are people, there is racism. And I want to make this very clear tonight. Uh, we are a loving family. We ain't trying to bash no white people. Get that out of your head. This is not a, a, a session to dog out white people. We are white people in the family. But even if we didn't, that's not what this show is about. It's not what I'm about. We love all people. You better. You want to go to heaven. <laughs> but you should if you want to have a good life. But serious family, we're very serious about this topic tonight, racism. Racism. And what is racism? Another word for racism a lot of people like to use is white supremacy. Some people, I don't like that word. What about black supremacy? Black supremacy don't exist. It, it, it's not strong enough to have any weight to be a topic at all. There are a few black people around saying it's superior, but for the most part, white supremacy is in every single aspect of life. Think of an aspect of life that it's not. It's in history. History is whitewashed. It is. I mean, you got... 10% of the world's population teaching 
100% of the planet about their history, ignoring 90% of the other people. If that ain't whitewashed, I don't know what it is. You got a, 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 a people, a history of the Bible where people go into a dark land, a black land, still a black land, and come out with lily white family called Israel. Yes, history is whitewashed. Our education is whitewashed. Are you from the United States? It's a good chance you are a white supremacist. Don't take that the wrong way. This is just your cousin talking to you. But that's what the Father showed me a long time ago, that I, your cousin, your brother, some of you, your father, I, Seth Turner of the Ed and Isabel stock, was a white supremacist. How can that be? Because white supremacy is not so much about a people as it is a philosophy in anybody. Anybody can believe the philosophy. If you take all the white people and put them in a, in a, on another planet, some of us will still be talking about good hair, bad hair. Our women will still be talking about going to get their hair fixed as though it's broken. Sorry, family. I know I'm on your toes, but it's true. And our little daughters will look up at them and say, oh, i got to get my hair fixed as though I'm broken, as though something's wrong with me, while the other little white girls is looking like, do you hear what she just said, Mommy? Her hair is broken. So, folks, it's in every aspect of life, beauty. It's in education. It's in religion, big time, big time. <laughs> if I ask everybody in the family to close your eyes and imagine the Messiah and the 12 disciples and him feeding the 5,000, you will in your mind either think of very white people or very light-skinned people. Tell the truth. That's white supremacy. We all have it in us. It is impossible for that reason to have very little olive color or white-skinned people back in the day. This, again, is your cousin talking, but it's also history talking. It's also facts talking. So tonight, we're dealing with white supremacy. We're dealing with racism. Again, white supremacy is a philosophy. Uh, I remember a long time ago, my mother, you heard me say lots of good things about my mother. I respect her. There's no way anybody in this line can make me disrespect her. Just talk a little bit about racism before we bring on our guests. My mother used to do something. And she finally stopped, thanks to the father, but she used to tell us to shape our noses. Some of you older people know what I'm talking about. Shape your nose, Seth. Shape that baby's nose, so-and-so. Shape that baby's nose. Now, shaping the head is normal, the doctor tell you, because of childbirth and all that, but shaping the nose? <laughs> Mama later, you know that's funny. Y'all know that's funny, co-host. <laughs> but, yeah. Our older people, you ever heard of Don? Yes, I have. Darlene, you ever heard of that shaping the baby's nose? You ever heard of that? Yes, and I think they, I think they shape the head too, if I'm not mistaken. Well, the head is is is, is medical. No, it has they, to do with, you know. No, they they do they do something like they, you know, go around and around the head. But uh, never mind. <laughs> Well, anyway, we have William B. in the house, and but before I bring him on, I just want to say this just really quick. I mean, we're trying we're just a little bit late, but it's okay. This is our first show. We, we have to do some little extra things tonight. But I just want to say, folks, before we – we just don't want to be talking tonight. We want to be very pointed in the devil's face, if you will. Racism is the same as white supremacy, okay? It's it's the philosophy of a race thinking they're superior to another race. And oftentimes, you can just, it don't take long, turn on your TV, you'll see white people or even black people. Again, you don't need white people to have racism. I'm telling you, folks, you oh, black-on-black crime. What is that? 
will have value for each other, but they won't they won't do that to a lot of white people. They'll do it to each other. Why would you kill each other and don't kill the people that you think is oppressing you? That's white supremacy. I don't want you to kill anybody, but I'm just saying it's not normal to kill your brother and sister and the people that oppress you. You're scared. I asked one time this gangbanger, hey, man, why come y'all never, ever go down to, not that I want y'all to rob anybody, do anything wrong, but why do y'all, as he said, we're afraid of them. We're afraid of them. We're afraid of what they can do to us. You know, that to me was very weak, but I'm just saying it's in every aspect of life. Folks, it's in, it's in the media. It's in imagery. If you was blind, I mean, if you was deaf and you couldn't hear anything, couldn't hear me, couldn't hear anything, and you just walked throughout the United States for the next 24 hours, the images alone were racist. Just the images if you couldn't hear. Just, 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 just the advertisements. Now, blacks have come a long way, so-called blacks. We're all over the, the world, and now we got, you know, the sports figures you can go into. But the best thing to see what I'm saying, because I'm talking a little fast here, is go into a Kroger's or Tom Thumb or your local grocery store. Stand back and look at the magazines, and you'll see what I mean by racism. Who's having the most fun? Who's Where the smiles at? The various areas of life. We oftentimes are on these magazines holding the football or singing. But there's hundreds of areas of life. And you'll oftentimes see the white face. No disrespect to them. They, they, they're they entitled to a wonderful life, too. But why is it so whitewashed where imagery is concerned? Also in the school system, also in the court system, also with correction. Uh, you know, we can do some sell some drugs. And uh, why is it the drugs we sell, we get more time for the drugs white people sell? It's in every tiny aspect of life. Are there people in this particular area? Are there talking? Is there living? Then there's racism. It's just that simple, folks. It's just that simple. Very complicated issue. Very tall giant to deal with tonight. This family is not going to, well, with the help of the Father, we may, but it's going to be hard to just solve all your answers with racism, or we're going to definitely take a shot at it. All right, in the city of San Antonio, we have a cousin of ours that's married to a cousin of ours, Emma Jewell. And uh, who's on the Ennis Buddy side? His name is William B. Johnson. I'm going to go ahead and bring him on the line. Uh, we've been, uh, let's see if I can do this. Area code 210653, William B. Johnson, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Well, I want to apologize for bringing you up so late, but I just had to uh, just set the foundation there, sir. want to welcome you to another episode of the Douglas County Family Friends Network. How are you doing tonight? Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Doing, doing fine. I was really inspired with that prayer from uh, my sister-in-law and uh, and the other gentleman as well. That's an excellent way to start off the New Year's program. Yes, yes, yes. Well, listen. Let's go ahead and get right into it. We're talking about racism. Racism. First, let's do this, William and uh, Don. You and Darlene. I don't know if there's a little noise on the back. I don't know who's, who's what, but. Let's watch the noise as well as you, William. Three lines open challenge. Okay. I may okay, but uh William. Uh-huh. Define racism. Define racism. Well, uh let me let me define a racist and of course uh, racism is the implementation of these beliefs. A racist believes that members of their own race are mentally, physically, morally and culturally superior and therefore deserve special rights and privileges. That's a racist. So, of course, uh, racism is the implementation 
uh, of those uh, points of view. And, of course, I'm old school. I went to the World Book. Remember something called World Book Encyclopedia, anybody? <laughs> I do. Uh, go ahead, okay. darling. You got the definition of racism? Oh. Mm, no. Take your time. What? I can, I can, I, it's actually on the show. Like I said, folks, uh, it's, it's going around on the slideshow, and it says, William, for race to think it's superior or inferior yeah. to another race. This whole belief system is racism, according to the dictionary. Now, black, college, black psychologists have changed a little bit and said that you can't be a racist unless you have power. And I don't know about that. I mean, I, I understand what they're saying. They're saying a racist system. You can't. They're saying you're not. To, to have a bad day and be calling the white folks cracker or something, I'm, I'm just keeping a real family. Just yeah. saying something like that, they're saying that's racist. And I, I mean, they're saying that that's not a racist, that that's just a person angry. But my belief system is, if you're a black person and you don't like white people, you, you spew in hatred, you're a racist too. You just, you may not think it's superior. Well, maybe that's not a racist. Maybe it's just somebody that hates white people. But again, a racist, according to the dictionary, is one to think that their race is superior or inferior. That whole belief system is racism. What's that? Yeah. William? Yes, yes, Go yes. I, I, I just want, I, to, I just yeah, want to interject that. Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, uh, you know, the definitions are certainly similar. But I really prefer this one because I think racism, as it's practiced in America, and we're talking about America today and in our recent past, I believe it is based upon people's beliefs that they are, in fact, superior in the areas that I mentioned. And, of course, as time has moved on, uh, steps have been taken by many of us to uh, make that uh, uh, blatantly untrue. There was a boxer named Jack Johnson uh, who became a heavyweight champion. Jack Johnson was a black man, I think, back in the 20s or 30s, and uh, he became uh, the first heavyweight champion who was black. Now, that really disappointed an awful lot of uh, white people here in America, and he was given a very difficult time the rest of his life. Eventually, uh, they, uh, just, they just really hound the man so until he eventually passed on. But uh, he did prove that they certainly weren't uh, superior physically, at least to that extent, and a man named Jesse Owens, if you recall, uh, went over to Germany. And they thought, because he was black, that he could not represent this country successfully. He's representing the United States of America. And uh, he succeeded in uh, winning the race there. He's the fastest man in the world. And uh, so he yeah. should have dispelled that rumor. However, those are just two small physical examples but we've had many since that time to show that black people can do any and everything and much better uh, than most other people when given the opportunity. Uh, that's the key, right. to be provided uh, an opportunity. But I do have a couple of thoughts about the results of racism. Again, it's practice in America. This American racism style is, is somewhat different uh, than uh, other places in that they as we all know, enslaved our people for profit. Uh, went over and uh, uh, gathered our people together and uh, shipped them over here. Millions died in the process of coming to this country 
uh, we are told by history, but those who made it, uh, we're the offsprings of those who made it. But that system, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the slavery system is really our Holocaust. When you think about Holocaust, who do we think about? We just think about the Jewish people. Uh, we have our own Holocaust, though, and let's start to uh, toot our horn about we've had a Holocaust. Our Holocaust is second to none, and we've lived it for 350-plus years. And if I can just jump in here, you know, uh, a lot of people, they say, been in slavery, and and uh, um, a lot of people been in slavery, but I think the way racism, uh, William, plays a part in slavery, you can't enslave people. You have to break their their spirit. It wasn't, those those slaves are very defiant. At first, yeah, you saw Roots and how they had uh, Toby. They had to break Kuta Kinta down to Toby. Mm-hmm. Let me just establish this where slave, where, where the slave ships is concerned. Real quick, just just twenty seconds here, real quick. Okay, you cannot enslave a people. You can do it physically for a season. But you can't do it for four hundred years like we've been done unless it has to do with mental, the, the psychological. And this is where white supremacy came in, and this is what we're talking about tonight, racism slash white supremacy. And I'll go ahead and put another slash there and say black inferiority, because it's the same coin. Where you see white supremacy, flip the coin over, and there's black inferiority. I know people say, oh, I don't know about that. Think about it. How can white people rule saying they're superior unless we believe it? Like I was talking earlier, the shaping of the nose. My mother, not the glass or anything, but a lot of older people believe that. Some people still do it today. How are you going to shape black people's nose? What's white people supposed to be doing while we shaping their nose? Yeah. While we shaping our nose, what's they supposed to be thinking? They're looking at us like we crazy. They don't shape their nose. If we're <laughs> fixing our hair, saying the term fix your hair as though it's broke, what do you think white people think when they hear that? And then psychologically, when a lot of us become successful, and I'm not picking on nobody here because I believe in love of humans. Yes, I believe in interracial dating, interracial marriage, interracial love all day long. The Bible does, because there's no such thing as a race based upon color if you're a Christian. And you believe in the Bible, no such thing as a race based on color anyway. Uh-huh. So of course I believe in a race, interracial uh, dating, marriage, whole nine yards. But I have a problem sometimes with the reasoning behind sisters saying that black men are better or white girls are better. And when we get successful, why is it our men who's been dating these beautiful black women all their lives. And all of a sudden nobody's better than white women. There's a sickness in our in our in our in our people, William, uh Darlene, Don. Yeah. There's a sickness uh-huh. we have and that sickness is white supremacy. I'm just real quick here and I'm I'm just interjecting here, William, just bear with me. Uh, I know okay. I said twenty seconds. I don't even know why I said twenty seconds, knowing how long I talk. But uh Everybody, anybody know C.T. Vivian? Anybody no, I know C.T. Vivian? C.T. No. Vivian is the guy that was on the steps in the 60s with blood coming down his nose. The sheriff had just hit him in the, with a billy club. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's right there beside Martin Luther King and Jesse Jackson. And I remember being on the plane with him one time, and I told him that the father showed me I was a white supremacist. He looked at me like I was crazy. He said, well, no, 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 brother, you don't understand. White supremacy is a philosophy 
uh, practiced by white men. And I said, well, the father showed me I was a white person. And when I broke down what I said, I kid you not, C.T. Vivian said he, he never thought of it. He looked at me as though he had an aha moment. I said, Dr. Vivian, see, I learned not to be intimidated by anybody. I don't care who they are. I don't care whose head to jump in. So I told Dr. Vivian, I said, Dr. Vivian, when we think of beauty, what do we think of? We have a white standard. We think of a good education. What do the average black think of? We have a white standard. When we think of, uh, why do we celebrate when we live next, to, next door to the whites? I say white people might benefit from the philosophy of white supremacy. They do benefit for a season, but make no qualms about it. We are spreading white supremacy as fast as white people. We are oppressing our own people as fast as white people. Later on, family, on the show, we're going to have on, I did mention this earlier, but we're going to have on uh, two other uh, family members, uh, Robbie Nelson, and we're going to have on Janice Watson coming on talking about light skin versus dark skin. Uh, and you're going to hear a whole new different dynamic of white supremacy racism from family. Forget white people for a second. We're talking about family practicing racism. So white supremacy is a philosophy. Anybody can believe it. Children can believe it. Old people can believe it. You don't have to have white people around for that. They're just the beneficiary. But go ahead, William. I just have to throw it in there. Okay, all right. I'd like to uh, share a couple of statements uh, made by Dr. Kane Hope Felder, Ph.D. He was on the staff of Howard University. Uh, for a number of years, and uh, he stated this, which uh, feeds into what we're talking about. He said, although we point to drug abuse, gang violence, as some of the strongholds in our society, in most cases, these were but symptoms of the greater problem of racism. So it goes back to racism. We as a people ourselves must learn and understand that much of What's negative uh, in our community, in our society, is not just happening because folk are, are crazy or because they're black or because they're just shiftless or nothing of the kind. There's, there's a deep-seated reason for it. And if you dig deeply enough, oftentimes you'll find that racism uh, now and then uh, is, the, uh, is the source. And he goes on to further to say that in the genealogy of our cities, violence, culture, pride, and envy beget racism, racism beget oppression, oppression begat fear, futility, and hatred. These are produced in the current chaos in our cities. So I know, I know every time somebody, in the black, there's a movement called Black Lives Matter. And I guess all yeah. of us are familiar with it. And uh, yeah. when that is mentioned, the combat on the part of many folk, primarily Anglos, are always. Uh, all lives matter. Well, of course they do, but black lives matter as well, and it appears that our percentages of dying uh, from uh, bullets of uh, law enforcement and other sources, percentages much, much higher than others. So I think that group, uh, they are, what they're doing is certainly warranted and certainly supported by myself, but uh, it's, it all goes back to racism and what slavery has done to us. I don't know who saw the movie Django. I thought it's very well done, and also yeah, another yeah, movie yeah. called Six Years a Slave. You may remember. While they were yeah. movies, they were based on many historical facts. 
that's really the way it was, and no other people in this land has gone through that except us. No one else really has gone through what we've gone through. Therefore, our plight here in America has been different. And if you ask me, we've done very, very well to not only have survived, but to have thrived uh, in many instances and and to have produced uh, one of our own as president of these United States. And that's a story in itself. And we know how he's been treated from day one. This man has been disrespected by all, all of the representatives and many, many other people in this country, just so unfortunate. Yeah. No one had ever stood up and say, you lied to the President of the United States during a State of the Union address. That would have been unheard of, but they did it to this man, and it's all driven, if you ask me, by something called disrespect and, yes, racism. It's still alive and well today. And we as a people, in order to survive as we have, we must continue to uh, remain strong, remain together, remain supportive of one another. When we see another black person, we should smile and speak and be as pleasant as we possibly can. The person should not have to be a cousin or a family member. Any other person who has gone through what you have gone through, we are, in fact, family. We yeah. came over on different boats, as Jesse Jackson said, but we're in the, on different ships, but we're in the same boat now. I think Jesse Jackson said that some years ago. And it's something that I like to see us as a family think about. Let's start smiling and being nice to one another, not only as a family, but to others who've uh, experienced the same plight that we have as survivors in America today. Your thoughts? Well, uh, first of all, Don, uh, anybody, darling, you got anything for us? You know me, I'll, I'll be always have got something to say here. Well, I think that uh, I've been listening, and I think that the uh, the situation of racism in America will never end until Jesus comes. I'm just going to be perfectly honest. And we are one of them, which is dead, but I think we have to deal with it, whether it's black on black prejudice or white on black prejudice, we got to deal with it with an intelligent mindful that we can overcome us. We are overcomers and we will continue to be overcomers if we keep our eyes on the prize in our hands in the hands of the Lord. Because we, I don't believe we're going to ever just have a complete society with two people until the Lord comes to make great changes. Because it's everywhere. And the well, let, me on the this, let me say this again, Don, because yeah, let, just collect on. Somebody actually attacked what you said the other day on the Bible study we did last week. The young man called and he says, I'm, I'm having trouble with this whole Christianity thing. And we listened to him. It's on the Bible study, folks, last week. And he said, Christians... It's almost like they're agreeing to white people's oppression on us. They say, don't worry, baby. God going to come in. This is what he said. He said, my mama, I try to tell her about white supremacy. She say, don't worry about this life. God is going to rescue us. Jesus is coming. He's going to take us out of this mess. You ain't got to worry. Young man, just give your life to God, whatever his name is. And he was saying, Jason from Brooklyn, I remember his call. And he said, I have problems with that. He said, man, we're going through all this stuff out in these streets, and these Christians is just saying, hold on, God coming. So 
I can only hear his him talking in my head when you said that, Don. So are you saying, Mr. Shaw, that we should just, when we see all this stuff happening, that we're just supposed to trust, well, I don't want to, I don't want to make, watch my words here. What, what are you exactly, what would you say to that young man? Let me just say it like that. I would say to that young man, I think it's a poor man that won't fight for what he believes in. That's what I would tell him. But I think I would also tell him if he's dealing with racism, he has to deal with it in an intelligent way where it won't backfire on him, wherever his position is, wherever he is. I wouldn't walk up to a police officer knowing that he don't care nothing about me and provoke him. It was just an illustration. Even though I already know. Hold on. Hold on. Just for time's sake. Just for time's sake. He wasn't saying that, John. He was talking about a lot of Christians. And I know a lot of them, so I'm trying to give put it all on him. But to be honest, which I know a lot of Christians, and I, and I have issues with them too. The Bible says, "Occupy until he comes." Yes, we do have a blessing when we after, on the hereafter. That's a part of our Christianity, William. I'm coming back to you, William B. and darling. But okay. the Scripture does tell us to occupy until he comes. We have been getting the precious promises. We have the gifts of the Spirit. We have wisdom. We have word of knowledge. We have all kinds of things to be successful, businessmen, successful. In every single aspect of life, we're supposed to be winning, hands down, physically. I mean, we, we know the healer. If we do slip up, we know the healer for our bodies. If we, you know, we know we have, we're supposed to have a work ethic where we work unto God, not unto man. So it's going to mean we're going to be working hard. It's going to mean promotions. I mean, we win, folks, in every area. We win. But what this young man was saying when he got to his mom and talked, she said, well, baby, don't worry about all that. But really and truly, saints, believers, followers of Christ, Christ was a radical figure. I don't mean he went around starting fights or nothing. Why do people associate the word radical <coughs> with physical stuff? He was radical in his doctrine and his faith. And uh, I disagree that... Our blessing is only in the hereafter. I disagree vehemently with that in, in in every way. I think a lot of these cops are provoking our young people, Don. Uh, they're provoking our young people. I want to say something real quick. And, and uh, y'all remember the, the the shooting in North Carolina when the boy was on his on the ground and he takes off running and the cop shoots him. Anybody yes. wonder why that boy kept looking back at that cop as he was running? He was jogging away from it. What do you think that cop told him to make him get up and jog away? He didn't take his taser. Could it be that that cop said, run on, go ahead, run? I think that cop provoked that man. He wasn't running fast like he's trying to get away from it. He was looking like, are you sure you want me to, are you, are you, pow, pow, pow. Folks, these cops are crooked, a lot of them. Not all of them. Thank God for me and our family. We love them. We pray for them, for sure. But a lot of them are straight up white supremacists. I can't help but to think of the the, the riots in Cincinnati. Home, oh, I don't even, I can't even go into that. All I'm saying is, do there's the Klan have joined the police force? Where where they at anyway? Where the Klan at? How come they don't see no marches? Definitely don't hear them by no crosses. Where did the Klan go? It was the millions of them. Where did they go? They're on the police force, folks. Not all of them, but they're there. When they had the, the, the riots and. Yeah, when they had the riots in Cincinnati, this is how you know that your cousin ain't just smoking on something. They put the black police officers on, on patrol duty, and the white police officer was the one riding around Fort 
four deep in the car, two in the front, two in the back, shotguns in the back, harassing black people in Cincinnati like you've never seen. I was in over 70 marches, 21 unarmed black men shot. Nothing can top the pain in Cincinnati. You can connect New York, L.A., and Dallas together. They put 21 unarmed black men. I don't know what the number is now. We started marching, protesting. The cops were videotaping us. When there was a harsh outcry, we even got involved. When I say we, there was an organization. I'm trying to talk about white supremacy and racism we're talking about tonight, folks. I'm trying to show you this philosophy in the police system. We got Jenna Reno involved a long time ago, and she sent a special force to monitor, to police the police in Cincinnati. So the government sent police to police the police in Cincinnati, and guess what they, their conclusion was? Cincinnati police answers to no one. City manager, manager, they're a rogue, they're a rogue institution. You think they shut him down for that reason? You you would think, okay, with well that that means Jenna Reno came to tell the president came to tell him to shut down right No. They just kept operating. That's what we're dealing with all across the country. Go ahead. Miss Darling, well, jump in your any time now. Don't let us men do all the talking. <laughs> well, as far as as far as far as I'm concerned, I pretty much uh open the situation up, but I'd just like for the family members to, to understand that uh, racism is very much alive and well today in America, and in terms of what we can do, we can simply do as we have done, that is, prepare ourselves well, uh, be as well-informed as we can possibly be, be active in our communities politically, uh, and otherwise, of course, uh, going to church and being spiritually uplifted is, is certainly part of the mix. But in the world today, uh, politics uh, plays a huge role in uh, what our lives will and can be in America. So to uh, avoid that, uh, you know, is just not a smart idea, I don't believe. This is an election year, by the way, 2016. We have an opportunity in Texas to elect some folk. I plan to be a delegate, and I'm hoping family members will be serious and be delegates and let's select, help elect somebody who's decent and someone who will uh, advocate for us and working-class people in America. Thank you. Well, William, before you run, I appreciate that. I appreciate all you have to I know there's a whole lot more where that come from. So let me just ask you a few questions for you, Run, please. Okay. We're going to bring on family. Remember, we got uh, Bobby right. Nelson. And uh, Janice Watson going to be coming on talking about Janice is a light-skinned, uh, beautiful cousin, and Robbie is a dark-skinned, beautiful cousin. They're going to come on talking about their experiences, not just with the family, but with outsiders as well as right. their internal thoughts about that, uh, uh, that, that difference in skin and what they have experienced. So that's coming up next. But I want to okay. ask uh, William and, uh, again, Darlene, and Don, y'all jump in whenever you want, but what, is, what solutions are you posing before you leave the line? We don't want to just leave the family hanging. I heard you say voting and putting people in office. That's always a great answer. So in addition to putting people and getting involved in the political process, what else would you say would be to, for those who say, Dad, y'all brought up a lot of things tonight. There's a lot going on. What, what do we do as a family? Because our family, believe me, is affected in every single aspect of life with the uh-huh. racism. Yeah. Well, you know, the first thing, uh, the family starts with a uh, stable uh, family, actually. I mean, you know, with the, uh, ideally, uh, man and, and woman raising children together. 
So it seems to me that that would be a plus to uh, to uh, develop a stable uh, household for raising the children, give them a good send-off into life, and make sure that they are well-educated, which need not mean a college degree per se, uh, but it just means being able to uh, think and think critically and think for oneself and prepare Amen. oneself to live in the world in which we we live today. I think that those are good uh, things. And, and learn uh, uh, how to uh, manage uh, your money. Uh, a lot of our people grow up and they have big muscles. They play football and such. Then they got to hire accountants and the rest of these people to keep up with their money. So I think we should focus on uh, learning to uh, manage our own monies and deal with our own money. Just learn to uh, develop yourself the best way you can and uh, develop some confidence uh, in yourself and live your life confident that you know less than anyone else and people tend to treat you the way that they believe you feel about yourself. Uh, that's a simple approach, but that works as well. If you think little of yourself, other people will know it and they'll treat you accordingly. But if you do not, well, then uh, I find that other people will uh, respect you and act accordingly uh, as well. So I, I think our family has done a reasonably good job of preparing uh, our offsprings and doing that sort of thing. We're a lot better shaped than other families that I know of, but there's always room for improvement, so let's tend to uh, plug the leaks and do uh, do better in 2016 in terms of uh, holding together a cohesive family and one that will keep pulling and pushing together. And let's view other black people in America as family as well, because as far as we know, they may very well be blood family. We don't know who all our family members are because we were split up by these races. Our children were sold off, parents sold off from children and what have you, so we don't really know who we're getting to uh, you know, in, in the long term of the situation. So as we look at one another, we should uh, think in terms of family and treat one another uh, accordingly. And I think that would be a good move. That's me. good. That's good. That's good. Well, William, listen, I uh, want to thank you for that. want to thank you for coming on and sharing that information. So far, family, tonight, just to recap before William goes, this is what we've talked about. Donald Jr. mentioned uh, 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 pretty much obeying the law. Um, you kind of hear a little bit about using wisdom. That was very good. Uh, prayer was uh, put out there. Prayer is always something. So about dealing with racism, folks, dealing with racism slash white supremacy in our country. That's what we're talking about tonight. Uh, talking about how the family and every aspect of life, somebody has some noise in the background for real. But uh, we'll, t- we'll talk. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I got to. All right, there we go. Okay. Don, I put you on hold and that, and that noise stops. So you got a little noise in the background, Don. I'm put you on hold for a second. Uh, but anyway, um, folks, we talked about some solutions tonight. Talked about, William talked about getting involved with the political process, putting people in office. That's going to make a change. That's always very powerful. Actually, the noise came back, so it wasn't done. So somebody, William, you are darling. Is Ellen noise in the background. Um, we talked about, uh, like I said, Don mentioned, you know, not provoking the cops. That's very wise. Um, this is some of the things we talked about as far as solutions. Uh, darling, you have anything as far as we want to talk about some solutions? Uh, we're going to continue to talk about racism, but I just want to, any solutions you know of, Don, anything else uh, before we even go? Just want to make sure 
with putting something out there as far as solutions because racism is very, very painful. This is, this is not, there is no perfect solution, Seth, in our family, but I just think that as an extended family, if we're going to fight racism, we're going to fight it with our minds and not with our fists. You recognize your enemy, wherever it comes from, and you're going to have to outsmart them and don't put yourself in a position where they can overcome you, whoever they may or may not be. God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. And if you're an unbeliever, you're not going to walk out there and get shot down just by being stupid, unless you're just a totally un. Educated or just uh, just just unless you just have no regard for your life and someone else. But the best solution is to deal with racism, nip it in the bud, get your barriers up, guard yourself, and watch how you relate to other people. Don't even get too high to your self respect just for someone else's stupidity. Can you hear me? You're breaking up. You you kind of must be moving around there. But listen, I think we get the gist of what you're saying. Darling, I want to go to you real quick. Anything you have to offer solutions before Mr. Lee No, pretty much. It's all been said, pretty much. Okay. Well, William, I'm going to go ahead and let you go. We're going to bring on the one and only Mrs. Janice okay. Watson. And, All um, right. Thank you. Robbie, they're going to be talking about another form of racism. But I thank you for coming on and sharing what you have for us tonight. Okay. All right. Well, that was William B. Johnson. I appreciate that. You know, William does work in the political process. I think he's the president of the NAACP. I think I may have that wrong. I should ask him to get on the line. But I know that he's uh, uh Precinct chairman does a lot, and I appreciate his uh, suggestions about the political process. We can't give up on political process, folks. If you really get some strong people in office, just like you said, it can make a change. It can help racism. Had we had a city manager in the city of Cincinnati when I was there with some teeth, and those cops would have been acting up when Jane Reno sent her, uh, her, uh, her, uh, 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 those cops to, to uh, overlook the Cincinnati police. Had we had a city manager with teeth or a mayor with teeth, we could have stopped a lot of those boys from dying in the streets of Cincinnati when I was there. And this stands true for all cities, okay? Uh, so I respect what William has said. Don't take lightly what he said, folks. We have to get involved in the political process. We've got to put people in office that are aware, that have some, uh, uh, that have backbone, and that's going to stand up to these uh, very powerful people that's practicing racism slash white supremacy, okay? Remember, racism is a two, two-faced monster. It's not just white supremacy. It's a coin. Flip it over, you have black inferiority. To feel inferior is just as dangerous as feeling superior. All, a lot of our racist, racism we go through is our own people. You know, light-skinned, you know, and I'm going to bring on a... Janice Watson here in a second and, and, and Robbie Nelson and they'll be able to tell you as a light-skinned person how we've persecuted uh, our light-skinned women and men over the years uh, saying you like the white man and, and oftentimes, you know, even when they try to speak 
proper English, uh, dark skin and light skin, anyone, we say you're trying to be like white. That's racism, folks, all day long. Um, you know, we're saying good hair. What is good hair? I'm 54 years old and I still don't understand good hair. I think good hair is just hair, period. <laughs> because it depends on what you're trying to do with your hair. I've seen white people try to dread up and they very, it's very saddening to not be able to do some of the hairdos that black people do. So in that situation, they have bad hair. And they really feel like they have bad hair. These are the things that we do with our hair. So what is good hair, bad hair? Because you can, you want to comb it? Because you want to make it do something? What are you trying to make your hair do? Maybe it's not supposed to do that. I know I'm going to get in trouble with some of our sisters out there, cousins are not there. But it's the truth. I mean, I'm looking at this thing, and uh, I know that women have some of the most beautiful hairdos. I understand that, but we really got to watch how we're uh, approaching not just how we dress, but just our psyche. You know, we emulate to kind of emulate white people in every aspect of life, sometimes to our detriment, folks. And this is your cousin just talking about racism slash white supremacy tonight, folks. We're dealing, we're dealing, we're dealing. Don, I think... I know you said you was not able to stay the whole show, and if you have to run, we understand. Um, but I appreciate you hanging on as long as you have. Let's do this, folks. And I'm talking fast. I see Robbie. I think is on the line. I see Robbie. And if I can just spot Miss, uh, okay, there we go. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a quick little break. Just a quick little break, and uh, we'll be right back with uh, the one and only. Uh, Robbie Nelson and uh, and Janice Watson. Okay, we'll be right back, folks.
Okay, folks, we'll let that play in the background. Anyway, uh, again, folks, you're listening to the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. This is Seth, and uh, we just talked to William B. Johnson all the way in San Antonio, talking about getting involved in political process and various solutions for this thing we call racism. I'm not going to waste any more time, folks. I'm going to go ahead and go to the phone lines and open up, and let's see if we can get Miss uh, Robbie Nelson on the line. I think this is her. Erico 469 Folks, you're listening to the Douglas County Family Fans Network. We just talked about racism. There they go, both of them. Okay. Erico, 805-423. Miss uh, Janice Watson, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, welcome to the show. Good hearing your voice again. Uh, I'm sure the family remembers the last time you only did a wonderful job, and I got your name wrong, but I got it right this time. How about that? Oh, thank you. Happy <laughs> Uh, Darlene corrected me last time, but Darlene, I did a good job this time, right? Yeah, you sure did. All right. Everybody, sure 469-803, we also have Miss Robbie Nelson on the line. Robbie, are you there? Yes, Happy New Year's, everyone. Good evening, family. Well, good evening Hello, to you. Cousin good evening Robbie. And I want to thank you all for coming on and doing the show. Again, I apologize. This is the first show, so we're a little rusty and kind of behind time, but that's okay. We're all family here, and again, we got two rules, family. Be patient with us and be positive, all right? Folks, listen, tonight we're dealing with racism. We don't want to just talk about the problem. We want to get into some solutions. I told you this was a, a giant, and we're not going to be able to solve this in an hour or two or a day or two or a year or two, but we're just hitting at it, Okay. And tonight I have on uh, Janice and Robert is going to talk about a whole other kind of racism. Living in light skin, living in dark skin, the different things they went through. And uh, we just want our family to walk in love and respect for us, regardless of what shades we have of this wonderful thing we call melanin. And uh, I want to go ahead and bring on, uh, which one of y'all want to go first? (laughs) It don't matter. Okay, Robbie, why don't you go first and just talk about some of the things you've encountered being a dark-skinned sister in in this life, you know, with regards to racism. And I want us to think of three a three-headed monster, racism outside of the family, racism from black people, and here's a hard one. I want to see how y'all do on this. Racism within yourself, because sometimes we have low self-esteem and it's rooted in racism. Sometimes we have superiority. Sometimes we feel superior, and it's based on racism. It really is. So go ahead, uh, go ahead, uh, Robbie. Okay, which one did you want me to speak on first? You're giving me three topics. So which yeah, one you, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you uh, pick. I'm gonna let you do that. I'm gonna let you figure whichever one okay. is. You go. Your thinker stuff. Okay, um, well, as me, as myself, 
uh, I had low self-esteem because of being called blacky and black wax and or you darky or midnight. So that caused me to have a complex problem within myself. I felt ugly. Um, I felt like I wasn't pretty. You know, so that caused a lot of problems within me. Wow. And as as being called that, people doesn't family and people doesn't understand it's a big impact on that person. You know, you you can say you can call someone out their name. Do you realize it sticks with you? It goes with you. It carries with you. So it, it causes you to be. It causes you to go through a lot. Wow. Well, yeah. elaborate on that a little bit. Elaborate. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Did you get this from family members, or did you get this from the white race? I got I got some from family, and I got some from classmates. And mind you, I know it was to me the classmates was more. The, the harder to deal with because with family at the end of the day they see a family and you know well they just saying that because I'm not a, agreeing with you know with what they're saying or they just saying that because they mad at me about something you know because as a child you know people don't know the words that you say it carries you know the impact of it is real strong I mean when you look at me for instance when I started modeling it was you two you two dark. You can't wrap you can't wear red. Oh no, you two dark, you can't wear that color. Do you realize that as any shade you can wear any color you want as long as you feel beautiful in it? And hold on a second folks, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Please forgive me, but Don has got to run, folks. He uh was kind enough to hang around. I told him I would let everybody know and I forgot. So Don Thank you for stopping by, and if you can continue listening, we appreciate it, but I know you had to go for now. So just want to say that. Let me ask you, you this, can go Bobby. ahead. Okay. Well, how many daughters do you have? How many daughters do I have? Uh-huh. I have two. Is it two? Okay. Uh-huh. Now, I heard my aunt Alfie say this. Did you... What, when you bought them dolls for like Christmas or birthday or whatever, did you buy them the white dolls or did you buy them the black dolls? I I bought them black. Okay. I have never ever bought a white doll, and I have like five six nieces, and um, I think that's good. That's good. I like that. Well. The reason why I bought them black is because the stereotype was, I mean, can I be honest? You're probably going to say they thought black wasn't beautiful. Well, no. See, this is this is a topic that's kind of is, is strong for me, and then it, it's kind of touchy for me because I feel like this throughout life, you know, you look at the white shows, 
The white women was beautiful. You know what I'm saying? So as me as buying dogs for my daughters, I wanted to let them know black women was beautiful too. Yeah, that's what I mean. Even though they was even though they was dogs. Yeah. Wow. Cool. So what what kind of so we, we again we're talking to folks we're talking to Robin Nelson. This is dealing with racism tonight, and it's it's a three headed uh, question, three part question. Racism outside the family, racism within the family, and racism within yourself. And I know someone said, what do you mean racism within yourself? But a lot of times, dark-skinned people, sisters and some of our brothers, will will harass light-skinned people. Or watch this. A lot of times, a lot of our dark-skinned will make crazy comments and other dark-skinned people about, you too black, uh, uh, you know, I live in a neighborhood where ain't no blacks around. Just thousands and thousands of comments of white supremacy inside of our own um, our own family. But uh, more, here's another example of, of, of racism internally. Um, you're looking in the mirror, and uh, you're constantly not happy with the black skin God gave you. And I don't think this show can do the kind of justice that it really needs to with regards to racism unless we talk about something called melanin, which we can't do tonight. There's got to be another show. But if you've understood family, because we can say love yourselves all we want, as long as the media and as long as our minds got this thing about this dark skin as being a curse, as the preachers once preached, as, as long as the media is portraying this dark skin as criminals and over-sexed and over-athletic and, uh, you know, we haven't being superior physically like we're some apes or something, as long as we have this white supremacist type of teaching about this dark skin and never really get into the teachings about what made us dark, why are we dark, how God made man out of the dust of the earth. And somebody once told me, and this is all relevant, folks, so bear with me. Somebody once told me, Seth, you don't know that God made man out of the dust. That dirt is the same as the dirt. Well, I don't know as far as I wasn't there. But listen, we get a we get a nice big hint. Again, everybody listening, gonna gonna like this from the scriptures. Mo, the father tells Adam, "Dust thou art, whatever he made, the kind of dust he made him from. Dust thou art." Well, we don't know what that dust was. They say, "How do you know it was the dust outside?" That's what somebody once told me. So we do have a clue. The father say, "Dust thou art, and dust shall thy return." Well. We don't know what color the dust was. We weren't there, but we know what color we all turn when we die. And for this reason, our white brothers and sisters have to be buried very quickly, whereas uh, because of the melanin, uh, the lack of melanin, you know, we, we they turn back to the dust, like the Bible says. When you got somebody like James Brown, his body is on two for months because he's so dark, he didn't change color. So, folks, we can't be silly and, and, and immature. I know it's kind of funny, but for real, y'all remember that? James Brown was on tour for like three months after he did. You remember that, family? Yes, I remember. I thought it was longer than that. I do remember. Yeah, but his melanin, that dark skin, it, it was fine. It, 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 they didn't have to do nothing. And the best people have is the film director. So all I'm saying is we got to know what this melanin is. And I'm going to throw out a name here, then we're going to go and let uh, Miss uh, 
Uh, we'll go to uh, Janice and let her talk about the same thing uh, uh, Robbie talked about, and then we'll just go back and forth till we cover all three areas. But throw out a name real quick for y'all. Dr. Jewel, J-E-W-E-L-L, Pukram, P-O-O-K-R-U-M. Again, Dr. Jewel Pukram, I'm getting some noise from somebody. Dr. Jewel Pukram is a world authority on melanin. About melanin. If you ever hear this woman talk about melanin, you would never, ever doubt the value and why the father made his man with melanin. Folks, it's in the plants, it's in the animals, and more importantly, it's in the earth. And one more thing before we bring on the one and only Janice Watson is this. It's going to sound a little racist, but y'all know your cousin loves everybody. I said too much. It's not racist, it's science. <laughs> Look outside your window in the daytime. All you're going to see is brown and green. I'm not talking about the buildings of what man has built. Look at nature. It's brown and green. There is nothing on our planet the color of white skin. I'm going to say that again. Look outside your window when you're driving down the countryside. Look at nature. It's brown and green. Of course God made man from that, that same brown dirt. There is nothing the color of white skin. Why? Because it's a recessive trait from the dark skins. We're all the same people, folks. That's why I can never be a racist. I don't even believe it's us versus them. They are us. We are them. They just have very little pigmentation. We're the same people. The father only put two people in that garden. So they are a recessive mutation from the brown, dark-skinned people. So all this self-hate about brown skin and dark skin, we need to be very respectful to the Father and what he have done in giving us that. But not just us, the animals, the insect, the plants, nature. Janice Watson, um, you heard Robbie. Again, you can pick any area you want. Racism outside the family, racism within the family, racism within yourself. Go ahead. Well, for me, um, I always thought I was a pretty little girl. Because people would always say, oh, you're so pretty, and you have pretty hair, you have pretty skin, you have pretty eyelashes. And I remember someone always telling me, oh, your eyelashes are so pretty, and they would always say that. And I remember one time I went into the bathroom, and I had scissors, and I cut my eyelashes. Because I was like, why are they always talking about my eyelashes? And I was I was like, they must, something must be wrong with my eyelashes. And I remember getting a whipping for cutting my eyelashes off. And people were always saying, oh, you have the prettiest eyelashes because they were so long and so pretty. But I know what Robbie feels because I remember all the time in the summer times, I would always get to go over and visit my cousins in Fresno, and they would come and visit me. And I remember the the boys and the guys always saying, when are your light-skinned cousins coming to visit those pretty girls from Fresno and the ones that look like you? And we would always hang out and do stuff. And I remember... We would go to the park and hang out, and I remember the guys were always saying stuff like, oh, y'all high yellow and, you know, those high yellow girls, those high yellow uh, Gwen, Gay, and Janice, and we would always be hanging out. And I know it was nice, but when when you're a little girl and you're young, you don't think about, you know, bullying and what other people are saying at that time and how it makes other girls feel or what they're saying and, um, you don't think about when you have stepchildren involved or other cousins and that are darker and 
when you get to when people you know back then said, "Oh, good hair, bad hair," so called. If somebody had you know back then they think good hair, bad hair meant you know you didn't get your hair pressed as much, or you had to use grease on it, or it was nappy per se. But now you know everyone's into the natural hair and you know not using chemicals and just going natural. So there's just you know a lot of things that you recall. But I grew up. Um, you know, here in California where, you know, I didn't experience a lot of racism or a lot of, you know, uh, people that I went to school with saying things to me. It was more so other black people in the black community saying stuff to me and talking to me about, oh, you think you're white or you talk white or, you know, saying something about my freckles or me being light-skinned. So it wasn't necessarily, um, you know, white people. It was like a division in a race, and that's what can be poisoning, and you know, you know, but in the black community, it's cancerous and dangerous, and stereotypes of the light skin versus dark skin, and and I noticed that as I got older, also, because when I was in school, we didn't have you know very many. I, mean, I don't think there was any one black professor at my high school, and I didn't have any black professors in middle school, or didn't see anyone, and I didn't take a black. Uh, history class until I went to college, and then that's when I really learned about where the light skin versus dark skin originated from, and that was in 1712 in the colony of Virginia on the banks of the James River and Willie Lynch, and I don't know if um, all of you know about that, but that's, I remember that, and that the Lynch plan, um, I went back and researched it just so I would have it for tonight so that everyone would know that that's where that originated from, the light skin versus dark skin. And so I'm just going to say this verbatim, and this is not me talking. This is what it consisted of, and it was in the 1712 in the colony of Virginia on the banks of the James River and Willie Lynch. And Willie Lynch, yeah, he spoke a way to break apart the tightly unified black man and woman. And so the unity between the slaves that led to the revolt, and what they did, they killed their owners and those families and they often ran away. And so considering this, what Willie Lynch did, he devised a plan that would control the slaves physically and mentally for 300 years or more if it was executed correctly. And so what the plan consisted of, and this is what it says, crossbreeding, crossbreeding niggers means taking so many drops of good white blood and putting them into as many nigger women as possible, varying the drops by the various tone that you want, and then letting them breed with each other until another circle of color appears as you, divide, as you desire. What this means is this. Put the niggers and the horse in a breeding pot, mix some asses and some good white blood, and what do you get? You got multiple of colors of ass-backward unusual niggers running tied to backward-ass long-headed mules, the one productive of itself, the other sterile, the one constant, the other dying, we keep the nigger constant, for we may replace the mules for another tool. Both mule and nigger tied each other, neither knowing where the other came from and neither productive for itself, nor without each other. Furthermore, he su suggested destroying the mother language of black people, and he wanted to limit the understanding of the English language. So being a fool is one of the basic, basic ingredients of any ingredients to the maintenance of the slavery system, said Lynch. So by making us foolish, Small differences like color shade could be used to break our unity, thus creating light skin versus dark skin. 
And what Willie Lynch's plan ultimately was to take the small differences between blacks and make them bigger. Lastly, he had to use a method to instill these differences among blacks. And so he used these principles for breaking apart black people and turning them into foolish slaves. And he used fear as one of the mentally bonding chains. And he suggested taking the strongest black male, tying his arm and legs to two horses, lighting him on fire, making the horses run into two different directions. And he would um, then make the pregnant women, children, and slaves watch to instill this fear. He would then take another strong black male and whip them to near death, but not enough to kill them. Then the pregnant women would pass this fear off to their offspring, and the children would have this image engraved on their brains. It was breaking the strong image of the black male, making the woman independent on him. The male children would remain strong physically, but would be weak mentally. So, and you know, some of these differences in qualities also manifest in the workplace in the criminal justice system. So this is just something I, you know, I didn't learn this until college, and that was in the 1980s. So I didn't know, you know, where this light skin, dark skin, you know, came from. And so if you research, it, it merged as early as 1712 in the colony of Virginia by James River and, and Willie Lynch. And so this anti-black bias is evident in beauty standards, and what it has done is caused a self-hatred within the black race. And yes. so it, it's, you know, it's not measured by how white one looks, you know, but in experiment, you know, I know in 2010, three psychologists, they found black children, they chose a white doll and they associated the white doll with good characteristics over the black doll. And so the, the kids were like four to five and nine to ten, and, and how at such age do they know that black is ugly? You know, because they've been shown what will make them believe that black is beautiful. So, you know, it's us, you know, black celebrities are bleaching themselves. You know, Sammy Sosa, Rihanna, Beyonce. You know, so you know it's so it, and, the salute. And Janice, it, Janice, just just to give a little credence to what you're saying, it's a billion dollar industry, skin yeah. lightening, especially in South America. Yeah. Well, yeah. y'all, you all can you all can say that, but if you're looking at back in the days when we was coming up and TV came on, you saw a lot of beautiful white women. So if they're gonna when they did that that survey with those black children, of course they're looking at the TV program. Okay, how many blacks did you have in the in, in industry were I mean you know acting and stuff that was beautiful? How many blacks did they show? Because we had a lot of white women. Damn, he they show some beautiful white women, and I'm going like, wow, BET come out. Ooh, I didn't know we was that beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So it's all in, I mean, society, I mean, I'm listening to y'all. I mean, some stuff I don't agree with because it's like this at the end of the day. We have racism inside our own race. You know, you don't exactly. have to call me out of, you don't have to call me out of my name. We the same race. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, it just goes back to a lot of, I'm watching TV. Where are there any black women there? Where's the black men there? You know what I'm saying? Here's these beautiful white women. But when B- And that's one thing I love about BET, because when BET came out, man, wow, I'm like looking. They are gorgeous. I mean, even though they was half naked and dancing to the crazy songs, they were still beautiful. 
So that's what we needed, not the dancing, but to seeing our beautiful black women back then. I believe today that survey those black children would have picked a black dog, my opinion. Hold on a second, hold on a second. Let me share some on that, Robbie. I appreciate you sharing that. Let me let me share some on that. Uh, I got a personal story. I got to share it for the family. I've been thinking about this ever since Janice said, Janice was talking about the, uh, the uh, uh, well, somebody brought the light-skinned, dark-skinned dog a, a minute ago. When I first met my wife, I've been talking about racism for a long time. You know, that's why I was telling the guests, if y'all don't jump in here, co-host, I'm going to take over the show because this is my baby. This is what I talk about. Everybody know me for dealing with racism. Well, let me share why and how I got – let me just share this real quick. I'm going to make this super quick because I want to hear from from the rest – from um, more from y'all. When I met my wife, her son, she had a son when I met her, and there was this young man, he's about seven, eight, and this is what he used to say. We'll say, I don't call his name now, but I would say, what do you want to be? This is what he would say, a white doctor. Well, my wife, wife thought nothing of it. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Wow. My wife thought nothing of it. She said, she said, she said, Seth, that's nothing to that. He's just a boy. It don't mean anything. I say, Arlene, there's something with that. And she said, I said, well, let me try the black dog experiment on him. And she said, well, go ahead. This is what I did. I got a black magazine that had blacks and whites in it, like an ebony that with a few white people in it. And I would show him black men in suits and white men, uh, you know. And then I would say, which one is the bad guy? He's a bad guy. He He's always doing something wrong. And he would pick, I'm a, you know, it's Kenny, my stepson. It's no big deal. And he would pick the, the black guy. No big deal. My wife said, okay, so what? And so we got a, a magazine, another magazine with blacks and whites in it. And I would always pick a black man that looked very presentable and always pick some uh, 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 white guy that's doing, just look, just, again, it don't matter what kind of work you do, but I just, I picked white guys that looked like they would be, you know, suspect. He constantly kept picking the black guy as the bad guy, as the naughty guy, as the guy that would steal, as the guy that would start a fight. He constantly kept doing it. So I said, well, that's trick. That's trick. That's tricky. So we got an all-white magazine. He's got to pick white now. And I say, Kenny, who is the bad guy, this guy or that guy, two white guys? So he would pick one of the white guys. He had to. And then we went to all-black magazine where he had to pick a black guy. So then we went back to the black and white magazine. He did this for like six magazines. My wife bust out crying because she didn't realize that I said, Arlene, white supremacy is real. And I said, this, this ain't just some trick. And, I, and I, I will encourage family members listening on this line tonight to try what I just said. Go to your young people, yeah. really young, and ask them. But the sad thing of it is, family, is some of us adults is just as full of this white supremacy. We say stuff like, oh, you're a black man, Be you're proud. But a lot of our women, oh, my goodness, a lot of our women, it's sad to say probably in this family, I know there is, they don't have respect for black men. And it's because they're black. 
It's any car. Oh. Sometimes they'll, they'll see black men, strangers. Now listen, hear me out, sisters, cousins, aunts. Okay. They 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 will hear. They will see black men. And I will. I remember when I first saw them the airlines. I will go throughout the terminals and I will say, "What is it with these flight attendants?" And I t- was talking to another black guy who was traveling, waiting on the flight, and he said, "You experienced that too." And he looked at me like, oh. "I said, yeah." He said, "You do too." I said, "Man, what is you? They don't even look at you." And I had a black woman to explain to me one day what it was about. I say, when I go to the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, if I'm in LAX or ORD or Chicago, I'm experiencing flight attendants that don't even speak. And if they, and she said, this is what I believe it is, Seth. She said, you got to understand, a lot of these girls come out of lower income, and they'll get on these planes, and they, and they next thing you know, they're in Paris. Next thing you know, they're in France. And they see the white world. They see the other side of the world. And they just have this frustration with you guys as men. It's like, well, how come we don't have this? How come I didn't get this? And they are able to stay in very nice hotels. They overnight all over the world. And I said, I never thought of it like that. So what am I trying to say? White supremacy is not just white people, family. It's the philosophy that whites is better. Whites is smarter. Whites is first. Whites is this. Whites is that. And you don't have to have white people to practice it. So, uh, Miss Robbie, back in the yes. day, I don't know no kids that would prefer a black doll. No kids. None. Now, now one more thing. Done. I'm done. Ten, ten seconds. Ten okay. seconds. One more thing. <laughs> Keep in mind, from the time we got home from school, family, in the 70s, y'all know I can go. <laughs> in the 70s, when we got home from school, it was Big Valley. It was the Long Ranges. It was one white broadcast after another. When we did see a black person, we said this, oh, a black man. Mama was running in the living room. All my brothers and sisters because a black man was on TV. You cannot tell me raising an environment like that that you're not going to be a bunch of little white supremacists. Go ahead. (laughs) I think it's a little different now. You know, because my niece, my niece, I think she's she's thirty, and I remember she was like five years old, and uh, we were in the store, and she like disappeared, you know. And I looked around, she was gone, so I had to go find her, and she was looking at this doll, and it was a white doll, and she said to me, she said, "Amy, if this doll was black, I would buy it." Now, mind you, she was five years old. So uh, I feel like I did something good. So to her, the doll was pretty at five. You did. You did. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, you, that that was good. I mean, you, she learned something from you, but I still have to say disagree with that. If we had more black people on TV and they did the survey back then, I believe that the black ones would have picked the black doll. That's my opinion. Oh, though. yeah. That's a big if. No, you're right. That's a big if, though. We didn't have it. You're right. Well, listen, I just think I think uh, that the parents need to educate the children. It starts at an early age. About oh, history. my goodness, yes. It starts at yes. an early age about history and race and all the way from when you the Christmas tree home, you find a black Santa. I've had a black Santa, a black wise man. Uh, everything black, you know, and 
you know, that I found you know, online, wherever I am, and that's what the kids see, and that's what they want. You know, even though I've lived in a white community, you know, and I've managed to find it, and that's what they see. And so black Barbie dolls, you know, seem, you know, just everything black that I can get to, you know, show them that and the way that black people can live, and I show them both sides, the good and the bad. You know, if you don't do this, this is what happens. Or, you know, this this is good. You know, this is what we have. But also, I've made them work for things. You know, we've gone and they've volunteered at homeless shelters. So they've seen, you know, what, you know, what they can get and what they can have. And I don't know. It's just, it, it starts at an early age, you know, just when, Let me when ask they're you born. I agree. Janice, let me ask let me ask y'all a question. This is for either three, Darlene, or Robbie, or Janice. A lot of people listen. I know they're going to say this because they say it to me all the time. And they say this, Seth, all that flesh, you're in the flesh. Y'all in the flesh. Janice just talking about having a black this, a black that. That's too much. Y'all in the flesh. The spirit is far yeah. more important. And we need to just educate our kids as to who we are in Christ, and that's it. I want... Y'all to oh. respond to that person. That's fine. Let me go first. I... Let me go first. Y'all kind of. Was somebody going to say something? If not, I'll say something. Well, both ladies started. And so. Janice started talking, so I'm just, you know, it's, um, Janice, go ahead. Go right ahead. No, Janice, you go ahead. I'm still trying to gather my thoughts because I have so much to say, but I'm go ahead. I'll let somebody else go. All right. Well, well, Robbie, you go ahead. <laughs> well, you, got a, everybody got a lot to say on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's in the spirit of, I mean, we're raising our children in the spirit. You know, I mean, I, I'm still kind of confused on what you mean as raising them in the spirit. I mean, Janice okay, is hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll clarify because I'm telling you, yeah, I get do. this all day long. Please, mm-hmm. if I have one more person to say this, and especially these people in the Word of Faith movement, they say this. Y'all are into this flesh stuff. Like I do a lot of study because I believe we Israelites, and they say, oh, that don't matter. What matters is who we are in the spirit, what we have inherited in Christ, what happened to us when we were born again. And this is what I – let me just say something to, to give you a quick answer to those people. Folks, they are right. They are right partially. They are right. You cannot compare what, and those of you on the phone, uh, listen to it on the computers, remember you got to call the phone lines. It's 10 o'clock. Quick, 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 call that phone number. You're going to be dis- disconnected again. If you're listening with your computer, call the phone number 914-205-5590. But this is what I tell those believers. I say, you know what, y'all are right. You cannot compare what we had inherited in Christ. I say, but let me tell you something. If you don't know who you are in the flesh, and let me tell you how important it is to know who you are in the flesh, thou, uh, you know, person. I say, is your last name important? Why don't you try to live without your last name and just say, I am who I am in Christ? Why don't you go to your job and tell everybody it's who I am in Christ? I'm a new creation in Christ. When, you're, when they ask you what, you what name you want us to put on your paycheck, say, well, it's, I'm a new creation in Christ. It ain't laughing. Say, oh, that's ridiculous. I say, no, I'm serious. When your husband, you go home, tell him you no longer have an identity. You're in Christ. You're in the body of Christ, and you're all one. Tell him, tell him you don't have a name. You, you, you have no name. I say, it is as ludicrous to say 
that we don't need to know who we are physically as to walk around without a name or a family. And then they look at you kind of cockeyed. Now, you have to respect these people because they do have a point. What happened to us in Christ is a thousand times more important than our last name. For real, because our last name got all kind of dirt. No matter who we were, no matter we Israelites or whoever we were in the Bible, every nation had done some dirt. So our last name comes with dirt and, and, and pleasant smells as well. But Christ come on the scene, and we are born again. We're part of the church, a new creation, all this. So they are right to some degree. But it is ludicrous to just throw away your identity. The Father made us with a body for a reason. He gave us names for a reason. And it's to disrespect him to say, I don't want this no more. I just want the spirit you give us. Go ahead. Wait, what? Okay, I'm confused. What, what, is this, what are these individuals saying again? This is what they say to me when I start talking about February or whenever I start really start talking about black history, who we were, because I go there. I talk about melanin, the properties of melanin, how the white people are mutation from us. They can never be better than us because they are us. We are them. We all are white family. Every single person in the sound of my voice is white. I know it sounds crazy. But we just coated with melanin. When you fall and you scrape yourself on the ground, don't get. I can go there now. You scrape your arm and you, 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 some people have been burned. We have white skin under this melanin. We're the same people, folks. But melanin is, is, is a bad boy. I'm telling you, Dr. Jewel Pukram, go check out on YouTube. You'll never, ever look at dark skin the same. So when I start talking about these kind of things, they say, well, why does it matter? Why does all that matter? You need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know the scripture. You need to more. That's what they say. And I'm saying to them, listen, the Father gave us both. He gave us the natural and he gave us the spiritual. The spiritual is far more important. But who you are in the natural, your name, your children, your history, that's important too. And then they kind of look at you funny. I can't believe y'all ain't ran into this. Well, don't you agree that they're both important? Well, of course I do. That's what I just said. Okay. Well, all I'm saying is, family, let me just make this clear because I think y'all not follow me. When I, and I've, been, I've done over 200 blogs, <laughs> When I talk about this, I will get Christians on the line. Sometimes they, you know, and I, and I agree with them to a certain degree. They say, Seth, if you spend all your energy instead of talking about who we were in history and getting black people all cocky, I got some noise in the background, y'all. Please watch the noise in the background. Uh, they say, if you spend all your energy talking about who we are in the spirit, Somebody, family, on the phone lines, press one if y'all or some of those that ask that question. Don't be shy. Come on the phone lines and say, I'm the person that say that kind of thing. Uh, press one. Any of you know what I'm talking about? There's <laughs> a lot of family members that actually do feel like this. They feel like we should put all our energy in what we are and who we are in the spirit. And I respect that. They're, they are partially true. But like Robbie just said, we're both natural and spiritual. To ignore the natural, to ignore our accomplishment, to ignore the properties of, the, of this melanin, that's why we hate ourselves because we don't know the properties of melanin and what this dark skin is. We are so ignorant, we allow white preachers to get up and teach our black ministers that at one point black skin was a curse. Some of y'all listening right now still believe that ham was cursed with blackness. Crazy stuff. So, yeah, there are people that do say that, Robbie. Well, I, I I just feel like with me as 
as me as my my uh, devotion with God, you know, and things. I I try to raise my children close to them, and I mean the spirit is going to continue to be with us. We are all in the spirit. You know, some people don't look at it like that, but you know, we all have our own opinion about that. It's just still, to me, it goes both ways. So I, I see what you're saying now, but. Yeah, I mean, I get it all the time. I guess, you know, you have to be out here, and, and you know, and, and I'm not saying y'all not out doing stuff, but, you know, I'm a minister. been a minister since 82. And so I kind of get into this a little heavier than most people do. And I, I, I really am interested in uplifting our people physically, spiritually, and in every way. So I, I know who we are in Christ, and they are right. We should be concerned about the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings and, and the power that's available to us. And I'm, I'm familiar with all that. I was raised that way. I mean, I have cast out demons. I know some of y'all looking at me crazy when I said that, but I have cast out devils, your cousin. Have cast out some of you have y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. I have I have talked to spirits inside people and, and commanded them to come out. I know who I am in Christ. I know who we have inherited. I have been used in that area. Some of you have too. This is no big deal. I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just saying I'm familiar with the spiritual realm. Is why I brought that up. I'm familiar with it. I believe in angels. Sure do. I believe that spirits inhabit bodies. I understand it. I believe it. Christ wasn't. That stuff ain't make-believe in the Bible. Either you're a believer and you're a Christian, you believe in the whole Bible or not. If you believe in the whole Bible, you have to believe in evil spirits. You have to believe in angels. And so does uh, the Holy Spirit. So and as, as the Holy Spirit as well. So I understand what they're saying, but there's a reason the Bible talking about natural, physical Israel, natural, physical names, natural, physical events. We have to be concerned and know who we are in both the natural as well as the spiritual. I got some questions for, uh, I'll just go ahead and go with Robbie. Robbie, did you cover all three areas, uh, oppression of racist, racism outside of you, uh, outside the family, inside the family, and internal, internally meaning secret thoughts you had about yourself, racist with racist No, roots. I only did the one. I only did the one I felt about myself, inside myself. And dealing with family, well, I, I, I want to share this one with you because he made me feel beautiful. And at the time, I didn't know it, but I had an uncle that lived in Okamuggy. His name was Harold Deloney. And my uncle would call me Blackie. And I used to look at him, and I would get mad. And one day, I, w- I guess I was in, in that zone, and he had called me that, and I turned, and I was real mad. And he looked at me, he said, Nisa, are you mad at me? And I said, yeah, Uncle Harold. I said, you always calling me Blackie. I mean, I know you didn't call it before, but he literally sit me down and said, Robbie, you know why I call you that? And I said, no, sir. He said, you are a very beautiful woman. He said, you remind me of those Cajun women in Louisiana. He said, and I like that. I like calling you that because, to me, you remind me so much of them because, really, dark like you are, you are very beautiful. If he had to sit down and talk to me that day, 
I probably would have still had my complex problem. But he sat down and he talked to me. To this day, on I play games. I used to play games on Facebook, and I would use the name he gave. You know, when he told me about the Cajun women, my nickname, even for some of my passwords, my very private password is mm-hmm. Cajun. Out of that, people say. Bobby, are you from Louisiana? And I'm like, oh, these games. No. And I have to go tell them. The reason why I'm using Cajun is because my uncle told me I was a beautiful black woman. And to this day, my passwords are Cajun out of respect for this man that sit down and explained to me. So as of that, I no longer looked at myself as being ugly after that. Wow. Wow. Well, let's do this. Uh, any other? Robbie, I want you to empty out. I want you to empty out. Racism outside of the family, inside of the family, and internally. Y'all not hitting that internal. Th- well, that was internal. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was really good. Uh, Janet, I don't know if you, uh, again, I want you all to both talk about the three areas. I think, Robbie, you might have got them all. I don't know. Well, I'm thinking well, here. Well, Everyone the- Go ahead, Janet. Okay. Um, you know, the light skin, dark skin, I'm light skin. I, I don't, you know, under, I understand the dark skin versus light skin, but I don't know what, you know, this battle, because being light skin, it, it has gotten me no perks. You know, I didn't, it didn't protect me from bullying from girls, you know, both light skin, medium and the dark skin, um, even good hair, the bad hair, all of that. And I know... When I walked into an interview, as another black woman, <laughs> you know, I know people have said, are you mixed, This, you know, nonsense, are you mixed, or, you know, what are you mixed with, and, you know, because, you, you know, you're well-spoken, you know, you, you know, I call often, or I may speak intelligent, but other than that, I just say, you know what, the black, I'm a black woman, and anyone that knows me, I make the hot water cornbread. I eat chitlins. <laughs> My family eats them. Uh, I write FedEx. <laughs> but I go shopping to me, Kate. I, I can I can get down in the kitchen. I tell you that. Ask my husband, my kids, anybody that knows me. I'm a good cook, an excellent cook, just like my mother, my grandmother. But other than that, you know, just I think what we need to do. Um, we do. We all have issues facing us every day, whether it's our skin tone, education, income level, where we live, like, you know, our size or weight. There's just so many issues facing us, and it's going to continue because that's life. But regardless of what Society. other people, yeah, but regardless of what other mm-hmm. people say about us, we have to examine ourselves and encourage ourselves and encourage our kids growing up and little kids and especially at a young age and because there's only one of them and there's only one of us. And just like the body, we have many parts and everybody needs someone and you have to work on the body to be effective and so do all the people in life. So just find who you are and do you. And just if something is affecting you in a negative way, let someone know and tell them. But we need to reach and reach back to the young kids and you know, help them and tell them they're pretty and that, you know, their skin is pretty. They have pretty skin. And that's 
thing I always do. Your hair is pretty. Your skin is pretty. You have a pretty smile. I try to compliment them and make them look, you know, feel good. In and the men need to too with these the young children, not just the women. It, it takes a village, so we all need to be doing that. That's beautiful. I, I That's agree. Beautiful. I, I agree, Janice. But it also. My take on it is when you say tell the children that they're beautiful, some doesn't tell all the children they're beautiful because there are pigs in here. I mean, come on, let's bring it out. There are pigs in the family. This is a bright child. This this child is pretty. This dark child, she's just plain. There are, you have to get them both together and let them know that they're beautiful. Yeah. It's too too divided on, oh, she is so pretty. Well, that little little dark child over there is beautiful, too. She's got good hair, too. She's got long, pretty hair, too. Oh, she's got a little Indian in her. So you're going to compliment all of them. You you need to not have no, I'm just going to do this side right here because I like this color. You got to do all of it. I'm, I'm sorry. You just have to do it all. Because these kids get a complex problem when you got your picks. You can't have picks. I have four babies, and I would say two, three of them is dark and one's bright, but I show no difference with them. So you have to look. I call one Mary J. I call my daughter uh, Chocolate. You know, I have no picks. They all are beautiful to me, and that's what you have to do. I've seen family and outside people have pics. We can't have pics. Exactly, exactly. It should not matter what color your complexion is, but, you know, in order to exist, exactly. bring self-confidence, you know, yes. you have to be comfortable yourself, and we have to do that, learn to be comfortable in our own skin. Mm-hmm. And when kids hear that, they hear other adults complimenting, saying that, it starts, you know, anything, you know, that people say about somebody, you know, anything, you know, whether it's positive or derogatory or, you you, you know, you say it came about somebody, oh. Hello. You know, yeah, I, I got disconnected. Okay, well, you, you're on now with us, okay? Uh, okay, okay, thank you. You know, we uh, have, you know, some family members that, uh, you know, have have disabilities. So, you know, we you have to be cognizant of, of what you say because then other kids start saying, yeah. that, oh, that cousin is retarded or that cousin mm-hmm. is this or, or you I know, agree. this. And those things, those are hurtful things to people. Just like yes. as much as someone oh, that's, you know, oh, she light skin or she got freckles or, oh, that's, you know, so-and-so. That's just as hurtful as somebody saying you know, like you a darky, I'm a light skin, or she high yellow. That's just as hurtful as me saying somebody's retarded. You know, those are all derogatory mm-hmm. to me. And, you know, or somebody has this something about their body, or she's fat, you know, or, oh, that's a cousin that's fat, or the cousin that has this wrong with them, or about preach, their weight. Preach. That's, it, you know, I, mean, I, I agree. You know I what? agree. You know, I, 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 I totally I wanna, agree. I, I, I wanted to jump in here real quick, and I, Janice, I appreciate uh you and what you're saying, and Robbie, uh, I knew y'all would keep it real. This show has really taken off since y'all been on. Uh, it was good earlier, though, but 
Y'all bringing some serious ammo here. And I like what you said about the support and the encouragement, uh, Janice. We want to talk a little bit about that, some solutions really quick. We want to go back to the problem, back to the pain. But just briefly, let me just share with your family so you all know this is not just a session where we talk about the problem. We are, again, talking about racism, the biggest enemy, I think, in the United States. I don't think nothing is bigger than this giant uh, 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 racism. So let me just tell you what we've come across so far. Here's what we've got. Uh, earlier, um, we have heard uh, several things. We've heard uh, uh, William B. Johnson come on the line. He talks about uh, the whole political process and getting involved because he's involved and he sees the, the benefits of that. Uh, getting involved, putting people in office that with teeth that can really uh, make some changes and stop a lot of this foolishness that's going on in stuff like the police department. Probably he would add education and just every area aspect of life politicians get involved with. That's one solution. Uh, Janice just mentioned um, uh, just being support and the encouragement. That's another one. And then uh, earlier uh, uh, there was a uh, Somebody mentioned prayer. I forget uh, who was it. But prayer is probably, to me, out of everything, it, this is the most high man we're talking about. It's got to be the most important thing because if the Father gets involved and you can have faith with those prayers, the Bible promises you results. And while we praying, folks, family, I hope you all know about binding the enemy. I, I can't talk about it that deep. But there is, we are not in this world by ourselves, folks. I don't know, the Bible is not a fairy tale book. There is evil spirits that get in people. A lot of these cops is straight up demonic. And I know people don't want to talk about that. It makes them feel uncomfortable. Just because your church don't teach it or you don't look into it don't mean it ain't real. Okay, so we got to, along with prayer, we got to bind the enemy, and we'll talk more about what that means later. Okay, but there's a lot of information out there on binding the enemy. When I get pulled over by the police officer, let me tell you what I do, and I'm just talking about cops pulling you over for now. The first thing I do when I see those lights flashing is I, I, I say, Father, I'm asking you for your protection. I'm asking you for wisdom. Guide me. Give me what to say. And I take authority over any racist or any oppressive spirits that's, it, that's using. Come on, folks, we got some little noise in the background, little noise in the background. And I bind the enemy from operating in this individual if it's racist. Now, mainly I pray like that when I know I ain't done nothing wrong. But if I just ran a red light, if I just ran a red light, I still pray the same prayer, but I'm not as on guard because I did something wrong. Sometimes I've gotten stopped and I haven't did anything wrong. And you got to understand that, family. Sometimes you ain't done nothing wrong. It's just racism, race, racist police, people with an ulterior motive. And you got you can take authority over that. That's that's very the most powerful thing I'm probably going to say tonight. Somebody also mentioned, uh, uh, obey, obey, Don mentioned obeying the law. Don mentioned obeying the law. Of course, that's true. You want to always obey the law. But sometimes you can obey the law and still lose your life. Sometimes you can obey the law and still be discriminated upon. Sometimes you can obey, do everything you're supposed to do, and you still go through the same racism. So th that that only goes so far. Another thing, another solution somebody kind of mentioned tonight earlier or either one of the ladies, is using wisdom. Use wisdom, folks. You stop by the police. I know you're talking about the police because it's big right now, but racism is in every area. But turn on your dome light and ask the Father to pour that prayer. Ask the Father for wisdom. What should I say? Turn on your dome light. Keep your hands where the police can see them because they're human beings too, and they want to go home to their children. And a lot of times they're killing people because of fear. 
But even that can be demonic. That's why we go back to binding the enemy. Nothing more important than that prayer thing. Another solution we heard tonight, another solution we heard tonight was manage your money. Uh, William B. came on the line. He talked about managing your money because if you manage your money, a lot of these things you wouldn't even go through. Sometimes it's, it's an economic thing. You're in a bad neighborhood, so you have more dealings with the police versus if you're in an area where the police is getting cats out of trees. You know what I mean? So that was very good that he talked about that, managing your money, uh, finish, finishing your education, and to where you will find yourself in a better setting. But let me say this, folks. I don't care where you're at. I don't care if you're in the White House. Racism can find you. Racist people can find you. And more importantly, remember, I know y'all keep we talking about white people, but I'm on this thing strong and heavy. Most of our oppression comes from our own people that look like us. So I'm not so bent on white folks. Some of y'all don't ever hardly see white people. You're in a black neighborhood. You may live in Atlanta, Georgia, whatever, and you don't come across any white people. So racism is not just about white people oppression. It is about a philosophy of white people being superior in every area that's believed, or various areas that's believed by anybody, children, adults, okay? Uh, nobody mentioned this yet, but I want to get into uh, combating it. And Again, we're talking about solutions to this whole show tonight, racism, white supremacy. But nobody mentioned, well, we kind of hit a little bit, but history, history. Folks, you show me somebody that know their history. You show me somebody that know what that black skin is. You show me somebody that know what melanin is. You show me somebody that can break down the soil, the melanin in the soil, the melanin in animals, the melanin in insects, that can talk about albinism, where white skin originated from. They can talk about vitiligo, where white skin originated from. They can go to the Bible and go to Leviticus 13 and all those things we talked about in the Bible study. If you show me that person, I'll show you a person that probably has very little white supremacy in their thinking. I'll show you someone that is from the old school, the way the planet was before white Europe Europe even was born. Did y'all know that when Europe was a baby? Hear me out. This is powerful. History. History. We're talking about solutions tonight. And I'm just saying really quick. I'm trying to go fast. The history is key. Did you know that when Europe what the Dark Ages mean? It just means Europe was in the Dark Ages, not the whole planet. So, family, when Europe was eating each other in the caves of Europe, did y'all know that Africa was thriving? There was dynasties before that. We're talking about colleges, arts, science, medicine, the development of paper, metals, even some argue aviation. When Europe wasn't even born yet, when the caveman era was going on, albinos migrating up the north, living in those cold climates, albinos, again, migrating north. How do you think they got there? They come from Africa, folks. Migrating up north, our people, albinos in those caves, because it was better suited for their condition, all this stuff can be documented. So when you have this kind of history, you're armed with this. You're not going to be somewhere talking about no good hair, bad hair. You're not going to be talking about no no dark skin being cursed and no crazy stuff like that. It's only because you're not. we don't know. We're not learned. Again, the name for the night that I would say I, I would throw out there is Dr. Jewel Pukum. She is a world authority on what exactly is that dark skin. Nobody mentioned this, but if you experience racism, sometimes you just need to sue. You just need to flat out take somebody to court and make them pay. If they pay enough time, they'll back off their foolishness, okay? Sometimes, I hate to go here, but the very last 
I'm talking about fighting back now. Solutions, solutions, fighting back. We talked about prayer. We talked about obeying the law. We talked about using wisdom. We talked about being supportive, encouraging each other. Okay, at some point you got to fight back. Well, sometimes you got to sue. Sometimes it's good to own a weapon of some sort. If you're really strong in your faith and you believe that God's going to protect you and you really, really believe, you don't need weapon. You don't need weapon. I'm going to say it again. You don't need a weapon. But some of us can't say that. It is irresponsible to be walking around here without no way. And, again, I hear some noise in the background. Some of us are walking around here. We don't believe in God that's strong, and we don't have no way of protecting ourselves when that racist cop who is saying, I'm going to take out a nigga tonight, when they approach your car, you don't have no protection. That is irresponsible. Sometimes, especially women living by themselves, it's just ludicrous not to have some form of protection because even if you do have faith, family, even if you do say, I got angels, family, even if you do pray all the time, family, like Fred Price once said, I don't know if y'all like him or not, but he made a very good point. He said, we waver in our faith. From time to time. And suppose somebody is about to take your life and you're wavering there in your faith. Last but not least, and I'm going to say it's last, the solution. And don't forget you can protest, march. That's another solution. Protest, march, political system. That's all a part of what William B. was saying. Protesting, marching, voting, calling your congressman. All this is fighting racism. But the last one, the very last thing I'm going to say, and, and keep it last, please. Sometimes you just flat out got to fight. And I do mean like high school fight. I mean, you got to be ready to throw down. I hope I never, ever, ever have to do that. But sometimes it might mean a racist is trying to take your life. He's going to get him one today. He lost his job. He's tired of Obama. He's turned the country upside down. He see you, and he is going to try to take you off this planet. What are you going to do? Sometimes you got to fight. Having said that, let's go back to Jan- – well, let's do this. Let's do this. Let me just quickly take a little short break, and uh, we'll be back. I want to come back with Janice Watson, uh, and I want her to finish up the three uh, uh, sides, uh, again, racism outside of the family, racism inside the family, and racism inside her own mind, her own insecurities, or sometimes she might have felt superior. She might have felt superior in some way. Okay? So we'll be back, folks. You still there, Leah? No, I'm still here.
Everybody look at somebody and tell them, I need you. I need you. You need me. You need me. We're all apart. We're all apart of God's body. Stand with me. Stand with me. Okay, we'll let that play in the background. Okay, Miss Janice Griffin Watson, we'll come to you. I want to know your closing comments on your pain, your experiences with racism, this thing we've been talking about for the last hours here. Uh, and again, we're defining racism, folks, uh, as any time a people believe that they are superior or inferior, or inferior, using this philosophy of racism. Did y'all know racism based upon color is not even scriptural? Did y'all know that? The only time the fathers divided mankind, divided as in you are different, is the Tower of Babel. And he divided them because they were tripping, trying to build a tower to the sky to him in vain with the wrong heart. And he, dis- he, he confused their languages and they couldn't understand each other. That's why they call it Babel, babbling, babbling. And so they begin, this particular people could understand when they say, bring me brick. And they, they knew that they would, those that can speak similar language, let me say it like this, those that can understand each other begin to migrate and move away and stick together because they had this different thing called language. So language is one of the main ways to divide people, language and region. And later on, those names become the Israelites, the Amorites, the Jebusites. That's the only time the Father divided people. White people everywhere. Check this out, family. White people are everywhere black people are. There are white people that can pass for white. I mean, straight up white people living in India. Now, when I say albinoism, people say, oh, that's so horrible. Why would you say they're albinos? Listen, folks, listen to me. This is that history part of of the solution. Check this out. When we say an albino in Africa, we say, well, that's not a white person. Look at their hair. But now, if I take you to India and Pakistan, and and see an albino there. Did you know you cannot distinguish an albino in India and Pakistan from a European? It's impossible. I did a show on it. We had photos. You cannot tell. There's a very popular video on YouTube where this guy comes on. He said, I know what you're thinking. He says, I'm not white. I've never been to Europe. I'm from Pakistan. My name is such and such, such and such. My first language, my first language is not English. And it blows everybody away. He's just one of millions. White people are everywhere. People can go, put it like this. Non-white people are producing white-skinned people that can go live in Europe and be 100% passing. So what is a white person? Where are they from? Is Europe their home? Oh, really? Really? You really believe that? That's not their home. Their home is wherever we're at. We are white people. They are us. When we lose pigmentation, we become white. The only reason why y'all don't believe that, some of y'all, is because of our hair texture. But again, when you go around folks with the hair texture of European, and I should say European have their hair texture because they had it first. The Indians had their hair first. The Indians had that nose first. And remember, Indians get darker than us. Ethiopians, they had that nose first. That look, a narrow nose is not European. Narrow lips is not European. That kind of hair is not European. 
because all of those things was in existence a thousand years before Europe even became a nation. This is what I mean by history being a solution. Do you know who you are? Do you know what that dark skin is? The father loved it so much, he made his man out of melanin. Y'all need to hear Dr. Jill Kukum and other authorities talk about the properties inside of melanin. Did you know it'll kill you not to have melanin? This thing Robbie talks about, that she's dark, darker than melanin. Did you know you will die? The sun will take you out of, off our planet if you don't have proper doses of melanin. And we run out here trying to get less of it. And even some of our light brothers and sisters, they're in my family, they're everywhere. Even some of them go through some challenging times with skin with not having proper doses of melanin. This stuff is science. Don't have nothing to do with your cousin Seth. I'm a little Johnny come lately learning all this stuff. Melanin, dark skin is very important and it is vital to organs, to earth, to nature. Furthermore, with this albino thing, did y'all know albinism? Everywhere there's life, it gives off this birth with no pigmentation. Did you know there's albino animals? Every animal under the sun gives off an albino. Did you know every insect under the sun gives off an albino? Did you know that every plant under the sun gives off an albino? It's called leucism, L-E-U-C-I-S-M, in plants, where you'll see a white lily. You'll see red lily or whatever lily is. I think it's yellow. I don't know. But then you'll see a white one out of nowhere. And it's always weaker. It's always weaker because it's a mutation. Well, how does that happen, Cousin Seth? Why does that happen, Cousin Seth? It's a result. Y'all ready for this? Of sin. I didn't say that. Read your Bibles, Leviticus 13 and other parts. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let me open up the phone lines. Okay. Miss Janice, your line is open. Miss Robbie, your line is open. Miss Darlene, your line is open. All right. I don't know who was talking last, but I want y'all to just finish up uh, closing words on um, closing words on um, racism outside of the family, racism within the family, racism within your own mind. Uh, y'all just, I'm gonna, either one of y'all jump jump at it. Whoever whoever was talking last. I think Janice was talking last. Yeah, she was talking last. Well, go ahead and finish up, please. Janice? I think Janice. Okay. I guess one of the things that has always bothered me is um, when darker women assume the worst about a lighter-skinned female as far as her personality or attitude, and also a, a... men, because before they even have a chance to meet them or speak with them, and because I've experienced hostility from um, darker-skinned women, and and not just dark-skinned women, but also other people that are deemed maybe less attractive, they just think that um, I may be stuck up or um, not approachable, but a lot of people don't even know me, they don't even get a chance to know me, and I guess that that's just something that people think that, oh, they're light-skinned, they're stuck up. But the truth of the matter is um, that there are some people that are light-skinned and they, there's people that are dark-skinned, there's people that are caramel-colored skin. It can go either way, but 
if you have a nasty disposition, then you have a nasty disposition. It boils down to you being happy and confident, and I'm confident enough where I don't compare myself to others. And I just want to remind women out there that you have a choice, whether you're dark, brown, light, you know, don't compete with any other woman. Just if you feel good about yourself, don't worry about your skin color and your complexion. And don't let anyone give you a reason to dislike another woman or another man. Same for light skin, dark skin with men also. It's just a battle to keep us separated. So if you have a choice to not judge a man or a woman on their skin tone, then don't, you know, don't. Just, you know, like them for who they are and love them for who they are. And that's good my point. thought. Very good point. Robbie, closing words again, racism, and I want to make a correction real quick. Lucism, I, I said in plants, lucism is actually uh, albinism in, in animals. But, Robbie, go ahead with your uh, racism I, outside I, of the family, um, inside of the family, and inside yourself. I, I agree with Janice, but I think with me, I never criticized uh, a white-skinned person woman, you know, is it because of the the pain that I felt. I wouldn't want to inflict it on someone else. When someone has been hurt, they don't want to, some don't want to hurt that other person because when I look at light-skinned women, I look at them as beautiful, you know. And when I see dark-skinned women, I look at them as beautiful. I used to, when I stayed in Oak Muggy, I used to, you know, walk down to 7-Eleven and there's this one young lady, you know, we got close. She had called me out of my name, and I was like, and then when she met me, she said, I, I, used, I used to think this of you, and I was going like, why would you think that of me? You didn't even know me. She said, because it's the way you carry yourself and the way you dress. And I'm and I'm going like, okay, but you still didn't know me, so why would you call me out my name? And so we have that. We, I mean, it's bully outside the family. It's bully inside the family when it comes down to that. I mean, either or, whatever we're dealing with when we come to that, there is going to be some people that are still going to have that mentality of light skin, dark skin. But it takes you back. You know, Spike Lee brought it out in school days. Did it change anything? No, it didn't. I mean, we have to change people. I love this saying, I'm my sister keeper. Because every woman out here is beautiful. You can be to me, it, I don't care if you heavy set, you skinny, you big, you whatever. It's what's in our heart, and that's where the spirit come from. That it's in our heart. So we we all sisters, all men. You have to be your brother's keeper. We have to be our sister keepers. We have to support one another. This is when all this gonna stop. Every right, if you could get the black. I mean, the dark and the light skin together, you would, be, you would be shocked at what kind of bond, what kind of sister keepers we have. So it all starts within. And you know what, Robbie, that was very well put, and you couldn't say it better. And I think that's the problem, that the whole reasoning behind what, like Janice was talking about earlier with the whole uh, Willie Lynch, uh, and Willie Lynch has done a lot of There's also the Willie, Willie Lynch letter out there similar to what she read, <laughs> But uh, the whole thing is to, to divide us. Division is mm-hmm. real. Racism, racism, classism, uh, religion. Uh, there's just 
various ways the enemy, and again, I go, I keep going back to the, to the whole spiritual realm. You know, it's very important. Um, uh, uh, this bondage. It's just it's something to because I'm telling y'all, if you saw like Robbie was just saying, the power of the unity. Can you only imagine? It's in a way I kind of under. I've studied white supremacy, so I kind of understand white people in a way. I understand their fear. Because you got to understand, let me tell y'all something real quick. If we all love and forgot about color and just did as Martin Luther King said, judge people on the character, on their character versus the color, do you not know, family, that you would erase white skinned people from the planet? This is what the Klan is fearing. If you do, do research on white supremacy, like I have for many years, some of you have as well, you know that the number one fear, like Dr. Francis Cress Welsing said, is a sexual fear. It's a fear of being annihilated. They cannot afford to tell the truth, y'all. Just hear me, family, for a second. We're wrapping this show up. We're wrapping this show up. And we're going to talk a little bit about solutions. I want to hear from Darlene. And, again, there's some noise in the background. Please, somebody. But I don't want to mute anybody because we all need everybody on the line. So uh, just we're about to wrap this show up. But think about this for a second, family. I was riding one day on a plane. I was sitting next to this guy, and uh, you know, as, as employees of the airline, you can fly. Well, that don't really matter. Anyway, uh, I was talking to this businessman, and he was just as inquisitive about me as I was about him. And uh, we got to talking about stuff. We got on races in some kind of way, and I asked him a question. I'm going to ask you the same question. Listen to this, man. This is going if, if you forget everything. You've heard tonight, and hopefully you won't because you've heard a lot of stuff, but this is, gonna, this is something you won't ever forget in your entire life. Watch this. I said to him, I say, don't you want to see racism in? He says, oh, God, sure, I sure do. I say, let me ask you a question. Do you want to see white people live forever? And he got offended. He said, what do you mean? Do you want to see black people live forever? I said, well, if you want to end racism, and you want to see white people live forever, you can't have both. He said, what do you mean by that? He was very offended. I said, I don't mean no offense, but listen to me. If we tell the truth about who black people are and who white people are in our true history, and we tell no lies about each other, your women will find our men desirable. Your people will find our people desirable. People may not desire your people, maybe, but I said there will be a lot of mixing going on like it used to be, and you would not exist as a people. I say right now y'all only 8%. This was about 15 years ago. So right now the white population is only 8% according to the United Nations. If we begin to love like Martin Luther King Jr. say, Martin Luther King Jr. say, if we begin to love and forget color, you will be annihilated. I say this is what the Klan has been preaching forever. That's why they say they like Farrakhan because he believe in the he believes in separation. That's why they like him. They don't like him. They don't like him. Again, no hands in the background. We wrap this up. But, uh, folks, if we begin to love, white people can't afford to tell the truth. Not if they want to survive as a nation. That's why I attack the whole philosophy against whites as a nation, as a people, because. As long as they feel like they are a nation based upon their skin, why would they 
if you believe that white people want to live forever and you know that mixing with black people is going to cause your people to disappear, you're going to fight it. This is the, what Dr. Francis Cress Wilson has been saying and yelling for years. She just passed, God rest her soul, but she's been saying it forever. This is what she's been talking about forever. If they cannot afford to tell the truth, they cannot afford to tell the truth because telling the truth would mean their annihilation. Telling the truth about who we are as a people, telling the truth about what melanin is, telling the truth about history, telling the truth about who they are, where they come from, will cause people to see black people desirable, black history. It's happening right now. And then with their population having a, a higher a homosexuality rate than our people, and then on top of that, they tell the truth about who African Americans is or black people are all across the world, tell the true history about what happened in Europe. And Janice, that's your line with the noise, if you don't mind, please. I just muted you and went quiet. But all I'm saying, family, we've we got to wrap this up really, really, really quickly. All I'm saying is this. They cannot afford to tell the truth. They can't. If they feel like they want to live forever, that's why I don't believe that they're supposed to be trying to preserve white skin. We're not supposed to be trying to preserve black skin. We're just supposed to live in love and let whatever color come. That's why I fight so hard race based upon color. Folks, we got to wrap this show up. I want you all to go ahead and have a last words. Janet, I'll let you go first, and then Robbie, and then Miss Darlene, you and I can wrap up the show. Closing thoughts, closing thoughts. Uh, before they come on, I just want to say real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. I forgot this. I forgot this. Forgive me. But one more time, the solutions, because some of y'all tune in to hear solutions. Some of y'all tune in to hear solutions. So when y'all give y'all last comment, maybe comment about one or two of these solutions. Which one? Let's just let's just ask this. Which one of these solutions you you ascribe to in your closing comment? Uh, prayer, obey the law, use wisdom. Janice mentioned support and encouragement to our young girls and boys about their dark skin and light skin. Uh, uh, William B. mentioned manage money. You won't find yourself in a lot of these situations. Uh, history, I've talked about history. I also mentioned lawsuits. Make these people pay when they act up. They won't act up as much. Own a weapon. Sometimes you can't run. You just can't run. You're going to either die or fight. It it, it 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 makes sense to have weapons and try to use it as a last resort. Try to love people and, and do everything else except these these last things I'm naming. Protest is, is I should have mentioned that earlier, but protesting, writing your congressman marches, uh, just uh, uh, civil unrest. I mean civil disobedience, uh, quiet protests, just protest, protest. Folks, we gotta fight back. Last but not least, and it is last. It should always be last. Sometimes, folks, you just have to fight. Janice, Miss Janice Watson, please share your last words, and then, if you don't mind, Robbie, we're going to do this quickly as we can so we can wrap this show up in the next, hopefully, seven minutes. I just want to say just, you know, educate the black children in the early age about history and how race mixing was used as a weapon of mind control. And once they understand this, um, all issues such as self-hatred and Divisions hopefully will be erased, and that's the only way to ensure that these mental chains are broken. The light skin versus dark skin was created through a process. So education has to reverse this process. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I thought, Janice, 
just real quickly, I thought you did be- beautiful tonight. You offered suggestions. You offered uh, uh, the problems. You got deep into uh, oppression outside the fa- outside of your family, inside the family, and inside yourself. Very well done, okay? Thank you very much for coming on. Okay, Thank Ms. you, Robbie. I You're would welcome. say start with. I would say start within. I mean, the, the guidance of within uh, within each of ourselves, you know, because racism starts within. The children are taught within, so we need to teach our, like Janet said, teach our children. You know, it has to start. The basic of it to me is start within. Fighting is is good. You know, getting together, pulling together is good. But how many is going to pull together with you? You know. Basically sit down, and it's not all about uh, the black or white, the red or green. It's about learning who we are because history has rewritten itself. Some of the And I've, I've taken, I don't know, three history classes, and I've got so much out of it. You know, there are history out here that is really not being told. You know, yes, I agree with you. There are so many inventors that are black. And those some whites has took over their name, you know. So, so many what? I'm, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. I said you say so, so many, many what? So many white. We have a lot of black inventors. Inventors. So many whites has took over their name. I mean, took over their ideas. And when we find out it's a shock, you know, we need to start teaching our children about <laughs> our race. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Robbie, like I like I said to Janice, you know, I thought you were very articulate. You did mention racism outside of the family very well. Very interesting uh, things you went through inside the family. Always interesting. That's closer to home. And then you talk about racism inside you. I thought you did a very good job. I'm not just saying that because you're cousin. You know, I'm just telling you the truth. Y'all did very good. I, I knew it would be good. That's why I've been putting so much confidence. I knew because this is where we live. <laughs> this internal racism is worse than what white people are doing. Most of our pain comes from our own people because white people don't live with us. They don't, we're not with them all the time. We just go work with them and then we leave. So, you know, yeah. I just thought y'all did a very good job. And I want to thank you for coming on and uh, uh, taking the invitation. Okay? Thank you. And you're very welcome. And that was Miss uh, Robbie Nelson, and you heard from Janice Watson. Now, Miss Darling, closing thoughts about this whole show. Uh, what do you think about the ladies? The ladies were very, very, very good. Um, the whole show was great. You know, we started the show. You know, for the first show of 2016, we started out with. The song, Give Us, Give All of you, you, and then my aunt came in, and I opened, she did a very powerful prayer, and Don Jr. followed up, and and William Johnson came in with um, with Pitts, and, and the ladies just kind of blew it away. They just told, like you say, from their point of view, and you know, it's a lot to be learned right there. And I want to apologize to the family for going so long, but sometimes you just can't rush stuff. You know, I've been. I one of these days we're gonna do this show in two hours, like it's supposed to be. Family, I just, I just get, we just get to talking. And this show was gonna be long for sure because we got so much to, 
to uh but what would you like to have shortened anybody? Nothing. You want to hear William B. You want to hear everything. So I thought it was very well. And I want to encourage family. And, darling, I appreciate what you just said. And I appreciate uh, your input there. And I have to agree with everything you said. Um, folks, you know, I know we family. People say, well, they're just going to always say it was good, it was good, it was good. There's always areas. Once I listen to this maybe later on, I'm probably saying, oh, we could have did this, we could have did that. But, while we live and we're listening, it does sound very good. And I thought Janice was very articulate, as she always is. Robbie, you know, it's good to hear from her. She was just as articulate and, and funny and mentioned some things. And that's just this family got talent everywhere. It's just that's just the family. So, family, darling, any more, any more last words, comments before I wrap this show up? Mm, no, just we're just kind of. Um... Go um, work on the next show for 2016 and wishing everybody Happy New Year. A blessed one. Yes, yes, yes. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up quickly, folks. I just want to, darling, and thank you for those uh, closing comments. Uh, folks, uh, I don't, I didn't mention this earlier, kind of forgot, but we're going to start doing a different format. We're going to have uh, interviews one week and then the next week open forum interviews, then the next week open form, the next week interviews like that is easier on us uh, uh, load-wise. It's just so much into we have to put into doing these shows. So that's what we'll do there. Always be good, always informative. Today we kind of was a mixture. You had both the interviews as well as a, like a, t- a table topic driven. So anyway, y'all know I always like to leave with a, a bang, a bang. You know, I always like to do these shows with a bang. So this last song I think y'all are going to be really blessed by this thing with King's Kids. King's kids. Y'all know that? We are royal, royal people. And I'm not just talking about our blood. I'm talking about the spirit now. I'm talking about who we are in the spirit. In the flesh, I think we're just as royal, you know. Uh, I think there's a lot of things to be grateful for and proud of. But right now, this song is talking about who we are in the spirit, what we have inherited. For those of you that are saying, well, we still need to not ignore the spirit, you are absolutely right. It's so important. But tonight we dealt with racism, and I pray that y'all will remember those solutions. I mentioned them about two or three times. I pray you would employ those solutions, every single one of them. And uh, I'll go through them real quick, real quick, like in 15 seconds. Prayer. And don't forget binding the enemy. Learn more about that. Ask your, you know, research that. Obey the law. Obey the law. Use wisdom. Use wisdom. Um, support each other like Janice Watson was saying Encourage these young people Tell me you're beautiful like Robbie was saying Her uncle did to her uh, Manage your money like William B. was saying You want to get yourself in these situations that we have If you're not in the hood all the time Your, your, your lifespan increases by you not being in the hood uh, History, which is what I said I think that's probably the most important thing outside of prayer Know who you are And you won't be going through a lot of these internal things As you are uh, you know what that black skin means, and then you'll know what that white skin means. I guarantee you. <laughs> guarantee you on that. And then uh, protests, fight back. Here, is, here goes a part of the solution where we fight back. You want to fight. When they know you're fighting more, they probably won't mess with you as much when they know that they're in for a fight. Fight back, protest, write your congressman. Go turn cops in, you know, get their badge. Not Don't ask them to have your badge, but get their badge number secretly and, and report. File reports against the police and fight back. 
You should have weapons if you don't trust the Father. You're not using spiritual weapons because spiritual weapons is far more important than natural weapons. True. They always say if you're going to draw a gun, use it because it can cause you your life even drawing a gun with some people. But weapons are important. If you don't have the faith, don't be irresponsible with your family walking around here with no type of protection. Last but not least, sometimes you just have to fight, like old-fashioned fight. You know, you got a racist be a white or black coming at you, trying to take your life. Folks, you can't sit back and let you got to be able to go home to your family. Love every single one of you. Love every single one of y'all. There ain't nothing you can do about it. Here's uh, Kingdom. Good night. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.